With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Glad to have you with us on this Sunday. And what was supposed to be Selection Sunday, Aaron Torres? It is anything but. This whole weekend has been crazy, but the NFL keeps things going with the new CBA, as you heard David Gascon say. A couple of big deals to announce in the National Football League as well, but still, something is just not right without seeing a field of 68 today. Yeah, among many things, uh, it was amazing, and I told this story on my regular show on Saturday last night, is I was in Vegas on Tuesday for the Pac-12 tournament. You and I actually filled in for Doug on Monday, or Col- Doug on Monday. Doug, yes. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. And the conversation at that point was, could we really play tournament games without fans? No, that's too crazy. And here we are, 96 hours later, the tournament has been canceled. Essentially, all live sports except for the uh, except for the UFC have been canceled, and there's obviously no bracket. What I do think is unique is that we've got a day today that without the conference tournaments, I'm not sure feels even like a selection Sunday because mm-hmm. there's so much buildup to what would happen with the unveiling of the brackets, with the conference tournaments, and with that not being able to happen from Thursday up until now – I wish we had a selection Sunday. I wish we had a bracket to talk about. I wish we could fill it out at work tomorrow or do what you need to do throughout the week to get your picks in. But the one thing that I that I thought that I would completely miss, I'm not missing as much because I'm not used to the lead up to it. You ever go to a of restaurant course. and always just make sure like if you're going to if you're going to have let's just say a pizza. But you go to this place you don't you know what? You're like I need a Bud Light when I have this thin crust pizza. Sure. Or for me, it's like I need my I need my Mountain Dew. Like they they don't taste the same separate. They but they taste so good with each other. That's kind of how I feel about Selection Sunday. Like I needed the buildup 
of the conference tournaments to really miss Selection Sunday today. Well, and I think it's a question that's going to face all these sports as they slowly come back. I mean, imagine if the NBA jumps right into the playoffs or they jump into a, a, an abbreviated playoffs of you know four teams in each conference instead of instead of eight. You know, so yeah. I think it's something all these sports are going to deal with as they come back here in the coming months. Hopefully, in the coming months is probably the right way to put it. And we'll get into that. What we are missing right now. What happened with the weekend? Also, want to let you know. That somebody that's definitely missing Selection Sunday more than we are is Baylor head coach Scott Drew. He's going to join us in about 15 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on what the week was, what he and his team have gone through. Because really, Aaron, for a lot of the teams that have hope, there's always just getting to the tournament. That's the prize. They had bigger aspirations at Baylor, and now they're not going to be able to see those through fruition. Well, and that's kind of the sad thing, and obviously, look, I I think it goes without saying, I want everybody to be healthy, I want everybody to be safe, but that's the sad thing for these coaches and these players is that this was a year where there were an, an abnormal number of teams that really had a shot to do this. You know, it wasn't just the Kansases and the Dukes and the Kentuckys. It was Baylor, it was Seton Hall, it was Dayton, it was Creighton. It was San Diego State as Steve Hartman and uh, Rich Orenberger just got off the air here. And I think the one thing that Coach Drew will spread light on or shed light on is just how quickly it all ended. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday where they're playing on Wednesday night. By Friday morning, all their players are back home. And you got to remember, these kids aren't coming back to campus. They're taking online classes. And so they said, we went from playing Wednesday night to I might never see my seniors again which is something, you know, you know, like it's just, isn't yeah. that insane to think about? It's how sudden. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. And that was all already uh, really all fueled by the Rudy Gobert news yes. where everything just kind of it, it went to DEFCON 10. I don't even know if that's appropriate in whatever sci-fi. Is that Star Trek, guys? Is that, would that be a DEFCON? Uh, oh, DEFCON 1 is the worst. Okay, so that would be DEFCON 1. It would, does. I thought it would go, as you go higher, sure. the worse it would be. I can tell you this. As the numbers go higher, the better it is for NFL quarterbacks because Ryan Tannehill's numbers are now high. The NFL is like, hey, business as usual. And while there may be reports that the draft is or isn't going to go on in Las Vegas, the NFL offseason continues. And right now it seems like the new league year will begin on Wednesday with that grace period between Monday and Wednesday also taking place. Ryan Tannehill will get a four-year extension from the Tennessee Titans. The Titans themselves made the announcement Four years, $118 million, averaging out to just under $30 million per year. Aaron makes him the seventh highest average annual salary amongst quarterbacks in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, this news is interesting on a few different levels. One, the name, the number. I mean, where this guy was a year ago getting uh, booted from the Miami Dolphins. But I also think, uh, and I think a lot of people are rushing to what is the story behind the story. And the Tennessee Titans were believed to be a legitimate contender for Tom Brady for the possibility of him coming to that organization from New England. They're obviously out of the running now, and it makes the Tom Brady news that much more interesting. Not that we're trying to bury uh, Ryan Tannehill here and not give him the credit that he deserves for the run that they went on, but obviously people jumping to the next conclusion is the interesting Think one. about Think about this world that we live in. <laughs> that We live in a world where a team's like, I'll take Tannehill over Brady. Like that's the well, world that we live in right now in the National Football League. That's the world that the Tennessee Titans live in. And as you said, there are a lot of different there are a lot of different things that go with this, and it opens up the the can of worms of do the Titans feel that they're better suited to have Ryan Tannehill? Did Tom Brady maybe give them the message that 
you know what, I'm not going to go to Nashville. It's probably not going to work out for me. And then you tend to wonder if that's the case. What was up with the FaceTiming? What were all these connections? There's a lot to unpack here. But as crazy as it is that we live in a world where we're not supposed to, to be by each other and supposed to stay away from each other, we also live in a world where Ryan Tannehill is preferred over Tom Brady. And no matter what the circumstances are for COVID-19, kind of the same thing with what, no matter what the circumstances are with that situation, it's just weird that that's where we are in this day and age. No, Crazy. it is. Well, and it speaks to and and it and this is what has this is why Tom Brady has been the story for so long because listen, you know, Tom Brady has had uh, other contract negotiations with the New England Patriots. They've been well documented. He's taking less money, all that stuff. But there was never really a threat that he was going to leave because he was 31, 34, 38, 4 whatever the age was where you still felt like okay, as long as we have Tom Brady, that gives us a chance to win the ultimate prize. And based on what we saw probably the last six to eight weeks of last year's regular season, based on what we saw uh, down the stretch when it got cold, I think teams are really starting to question that. Now, look, somebody, if it's not the Patriots, is going to take a chance on this guy. Make no mistake, name them their starting quarterback. But I think it speaks to exactly what you just said, Dan, which is Tom Brady is a great quarterback. Historically, he's maybe the best of all time. We'll argue that another day. But right now, in the moment, I think there's going to be some teams that realize that maybe there's some possibly better options out there for them. The trickle-down effect that you allude to tells me something, and that it's we're likely to see Tom Brady in New England for the simple fact of the teams that could sign him via free agency that were winners. Yes. The Titans were really the team. And I don't know, even despite getting to the AFC Championship game, They had some breaks in the regular season. They went on a great run in the playoffs. It wasn't like it was a season long of greatness for the Tennessee Titans, but it was the best option of free agent teams. 49ers would have to be via a trade if you were to to make a move like that. But now you're sitting there with the Buccaneers, with the Chargers, and with the Raiders. And I'm not saying I, I do like the makeup of the Bucks. I like the makeup of the Chargers, especially with them making the move to at least get Trey Turner from Carolina to help try to shore up their offensive line, which is an issue. But, Aaron, when you look at what Tom Brady is all about, and Tom Brady is all about rings, I'm not sure those other teams are enough of a guarantee that he'd want to step in that situation. You're preaching the choir here, Dan, because, and I've said this very consistently on these airwaves, is that Arnie Spanier and I were on a Saturday night when the Patriots lost to the Titans, and I was amazed at how quickly it immediately turned to, well, they're, they're, get, sign them with the Chargers, sign them with the Raiders, it's over, it's done. And I understand we're not used to seeing the Patriots even play on Wild Card Weekend, let alone lose there, but my question for Tom Brady to leave has always very simply been this. What gives him the better chance than New England to win a Super Bowl and who is available that gives the Patriots a better chance to win a Super Bowl? Because it isn't just Tom Brady that's gotten used to competing for championships. It's Bill Belichick, and it's certainly Robert Kraft. And so because of that, I know the Chargers have talent. They also finished in last place last season, and they have a coach on a one-year contract. Is Anthony Lynn and the infrastructure there really enough to uh, leave the Patriots if they're willing to take it even on a deal that you might not love? The Raiders, we know what issues they have at hand as they move to a new city. I am with you 100%. I'm not saying it's 100% certain that he will stay, but I need that definitive team that gives him a better chance to win. And now that the Titans are off the table, I don't know who that team is. I think he wanted to mingle. 
Yeah, like he, he wanted to, He wanted to go and flirt and see what other teams and who would be interested. And and if he still got it, it's almost like a midlife crisis. Let's get the Corvette and let's cruise around and see who sees me. That's what this free agency for Tom Brady sure fear, feels like because in the end, uh, nothing is better than going back home and, and having what you have and, and not ruining maybe what you've accomplished over the last 20 years. Now, there's another quarterback that I do think – is in the news because of this, but I'm not sure how much it's affected, and that's Dak Prescott. For the simple fact of this, you can take what Dak Prescott did, compare it to Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill had the highest passer rating in the National Football League, but when you look over the last couple of years, Aaron, Dak Prescott's going to have an edge on Ryan Tannehill, but the floor that Dak has always seemed to point to was the Jared Goff-Aaron Rodgers floor, that hasn't changed. If Ryan Tannehill would have gotten more than $33.5 million annually, then I think it affects Dak. Sure. But I don't think that things are changing now for Dak's situation. I think the floor is more of the issue than the ceiling. Like people say, if Mahomes gets his money, you know, Dak's going to be right up there. I still think it's about the floor and making sure that Dak gets paid more than where the floor is. Ryan Tannehill getting $29.5 million. Not that he was set up for $33.5 million, but I don't think this affects Dak as much as it does, say, Brady's decision and what the Cowboys end up doing with Dallas. No, 100%. We got three hours here to talk about Dak, but uh, you know, I've been pretty consistent in, in you know, I think that, listen, the guy deserves to earn uh, a, a salary relative to his skill set, but when, when we start reporting or, or hearing reports that he's turned down this much money or that much money or he wants closer to 40 it all does feel a little bit ridiculous, and if Ryan Tannehill, who I understand he's not quite as young and, and whatever, uh, that guy did just make an AFC championship game. Dak Prescott just missed the playoffs despite having a prolific offense, despite what I would argue uh, is a better all-around team around him in Dallas. Now, I know the Titans have Derrick Henry and have A.J. Brown and have some good pieces on defense. I just think it's going to be it, – the, the Dak stuff is just going to be fascinating. We've spent so much time talking Tom Brady that I think we've kind of a little bit lost focus on how crazy these next few months are going to be for Dak Prescott as well. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. As we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. What's it like to have a national championship caliber team and not be able to play in the NCAA tournament? We'll ask one of the best coaches around next year on Fox Sports Sunday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. 
I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday, he's Aaron Torres, I'm Dan Beyer, glad to have you with us. He's the head coach of a team that was vying for a number one seed, went 26-4 in the regular season and 15-3 and in Big 12 play. How will it, How would it have all turned out? We'll never know in the end. Scott Drew, the men's basketball coach at Baylor, joins us here on Fox Sports Sunday. First of all, Coach, thank you so much for, for the time. I know it's a crazy time, but we appreciate you uh, coming on Fox Sports Radio today. How are you? Well, thanks for having me, and it's definitely a different selection uh, show Sunday than we're all used to. And uh, I did hear you say we will all wonder how it played out. For us, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, uh, most of us all predicted we'd have won the national championship, <laughs> yeah. meaning every, every school. So you got you got about sixty-eight schools claiming a national championship. <laughs> Scott Drew, by the way, is that number one seed in the East of our guests today. So the, the, there it is. Yeah, it is. You get a top seed in our guest list today here on Fox Sports Sunday. Take us through what you were experiencing because you guys were in the quarterfinals of the Big Twelve tournament, scheduled to play Thursday night against Kansas State, who did play the night before. What was the 24 hours like for you from Wednesday night, maybe up until what happened on Thursday when everything was finally uh, called quits? Well, I I tell you, that was the quickest move in 24 hours, it seemed like, because you went from uh, uh, getting ready to play a tournament to getting ready to play a tournament without fans to getting ready to no tournament to no NCAA tournament. And and I know, uh, coaches, we kind of get in our own world where we're, we're so locked in with our teams, we might not know everything going on uh, outside of uh, uh, our worlds. But uh, obviously, uh, everything that transpired uh, happened quick. And uh, with, our, with our players, our first and foremost uh, uh, concern always is their safety and well-being. And uh, we've taken a lot of uh, uh, aggressive steps the, the U.S. has, and hopefully that helps us in, in, in the end when we look back in the in a couple months, but I can tell you, I was really proud of how our players handled it from the standpoint. Once we found out no NCAA tournament, I mean, we're, we're all devastated for them. It's kind of like uh, parents can all relate to this when your kids work really hard and then their dream or their, their, their chance uh, uh, at what they've worked hard doesn't uh, uh, come to fruition. And you're just concerned about them. And that's, we, we started to thank our seniors for their contributions, what they did. 
And then right away, one of our seniors, Oldman, stepped up and said, hey, coach, let's just count our blessings. Let's look at uh, uh, 15 wins in conference, the most in school's history, 23 straight uh, regular season wins, the most in Big 12 history, ranked uh, longer number one than anyone since Kentucky in 2015. Just went on and on. And right away, the mood all just lightened up and, and everybody uh, turned to smiles and joy. And that kind of signifies the type of players we had all year long they were just uh, uh, very enthusiastic to play and compete for each other and uh, w- w- they really enjoyed being around one another so that was a real long answer to that first question if there was a question <laughs> uh, Scott Drew Baylor head coach joining on, us on what's a somber uh, selection Sunday coach you know I don't think people realize not only how fast moving this was but how much the dynamics of being part of a team changed I mean are all your guys now spread out all over the country and if so how hard is that for a way to end the season because usually you lose but you go get go back to campus you get to see the guys and my understanding is most of these teams that have split up and kids are back home with their families and stuff like that yeah, and that, that's that's probably the, the the number one concern for all all coaches. You know, we're used to being being constantly on the move and busy, and players are constantly on the move and busy. And and now uh, uh, just making sure we have we have uh, uh, about a third of our team on campus still, um, and then the rest have, have have gone home. But making sure the ones that are on campus uh, have food, they're taken care of, and and I know uh, minute by minute uh, 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 things kind of change as far as. Uh, 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 what we have as far as national policy and uh, uh, the great thing is hopefully we can uh, uh, save a lot of lives and, and at the end of the day that's a lot more important than, than basketball. I know it's a, a, a tough day and a tough month for, for all of us that dream of March Madness. At the same time, uh, uh, one thing I know about uh, college athletics is coaches are doers and we want to have positive impact on young people and everyone else. So uh, I love some of the creative, positive ideas people have kind of come up with or put together. Uh, I know one of them is uh, trying to get the teams that we're going to be in the tournament to release a one shining moment video of their season. And uh, uh, I know our people are working on that and just different ideas and, and, and ways to uh, bring some joy to some people that uh, uh are stuck at home right now. Baylor men's basketball coach Scott Drew joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. It was announced today that they won't release a 68 school bracket. Uh, are you fine with that? What are your thoughts on that decision? I, originally, I was I was uh, I was in favor of them releasing it just so that uh, uh, the student athletes that uh, work so hard to see their dreams accomplished could see that. And uh, me personally, if we would have been a number one seed, I'd have loved to have seen that. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I know uh, uh, there are reasons also that they didn't release it, and uh, there's always two sides to, to every every case and uh, every argument, and I understand both, but uh, uh, I know one thing, we'd have been in the tournament, and that's a great <laughs> feeling, because it means means our guys did a, had a great year and did a lot of great things. Have you given any thought to this proposal that's been kind of floated around in the media of a senior getting a fifth year? Do you have any opinion on that? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's something that uh, uh, needs to be talked about and analyzed and looked at, and I can understand uh, given uh, uh, seniors. It, spring sports is a no-brainer. I think everybody agrees with that. If the logistics and, and the details, because I do understand uh, financially and, and different uh, uh, things like that come into play for universities. and uh, I mean, 
uh, everybody does have a budget and a bottom line at some point. So I, I don't, I don't know the uh, final logistics of that, but I think everybody agrees for those that didn't start their season or just began, they deserve a season. Uh, with the winter sports, I, I think uh, uh, that comes down to what percentages were done playing, who had left to play. Now, personally, would I like to see our seniors have an opportunity to come back? Absolutely. Um, but it, it, at the end of the day, I know uh, the NCA uh, and, and the other people with more data will be able to make a better assessment of that. Now, this is all speculation. This Scott Drew, head coach at Baylor, joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. But w- would a scenario have worked if you did something in mid-May? I mean, in a perfect world, like how difficult – as a head coach, would that be to put something together, considering there's probably kids that could be coming in the next couple of weeks to Waco to start working out to begin their college careers? But what would the challenges have been if they were try to push this maybe two months ahead? Well, I think I think most of our players would have said, "Anytime, anywhere, we're all in favor." <laughs> sure. <of it." laughs> so, so uh, I think I think a, a big part of that comes into probably the the NBA piece of it and. Uh, what's going to happen with their with their draft? Are they going to push everything back? Because if they push things back, then you could be in a situation where if this was able to clear up, where you could do something. Um, uh, and and right now, I I know as we're all uh, um, trying to adhere to guidelines that best protect people, uh, we we can't really come up with any solutions until we we can get through this phase of things. But uh, uh, I know our guys, and uh, uh, I definitely would would would, uh, would be there if, if we were had an opportunity in, in, in May or whatnot. Last one from me, Coach. Uh, Baylor coach Scott Drew joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. Um, what's next? Because, you know, you guys, whether you finish your season on the first weekend in March, the last weekend in April, or the last weekend in March, the first weekend in April, uh, you guys immediately shift into recruiting and all that stuff. You guys aren't allowed to bring kids to campus, aren't allowed, I don't believe, to really technically leave campus. What are you guys going to do for the next couple of weeks? Are you just kicking up and watching Netflix like the rest of us or what? Well, so this is, this is uh, I know you guys got to come up with a lot of filler information. And uh, uh, with us at home, uh, I know, I think uh, it's been 48 hours since I've been home. I've done some honey-do with. Uh, I think my wife's going to get rid of me in another couple of days if we don't figure <laughs> something out. So, but but uh, uh, I, I do know uh, uh, until April 15th is a dead period. So, uh, and I, and I, I'm appreciative of that. I never want our coaches to be on the road right now. Um, especially if it's a recommendation not to, we want to adhere to what the, uh, is best uh, uh, for for the general population. So um, I know right now everybody's kind of uh, in a wait and see mode, and I think uh, that's what I think would be best too. With I know uh, the transfer portal never shuts down. People joke uh, about, but uh, um, I mean, hopefully uh, uh, until we find out what's going to happen with the fifth years, what's going to happen with the NBA. Uh, um, and, and what's going to happen with this. Uh, right now the whole uh, concern should be on helping those that need help and making sure our student-athletes are taken care of because some of them aren't able to go home and some of them uh, uh, are from overseas and, and how can we best care for them and take care of them in the immediate future because, as we say, every, every day uh, things kind of have changed. And uh, um, one thing I know about Americans is we're all great when we pull together and uh, we'll, we'll get through this. Coach, I, I, I know I said last question, but so that's really interesting. So the, the players that are from foreign countries, they're kind of – they really can't leave, right? They, the, Waco is the only place that they can basically be right now? Is that my understanding? Oh, yeah. yeah you, you, look at, you look at a lot of schools, 
Um, a couple couple thoughts. One, if it, if it's an international student, they, it's hard for them to travel to go home right yeah, now. Number yeah. one, number number two, even take uh, 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 different regions and areas in the United States. It's safer in the places they're at than to travel back. So some people, it, 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 you're going to have at every college campus uh, a number of students, and how do you best care for them and take care of them right now? Because uh, again, we know how uh, international students are, are throughout our universities, let alone some student athletes that come from areas that are that are pretty infected right now. It's better they stay where they're at. Scott Drew, the head coach of Baylor. Aaron's done with questions, but I want I was going to ask you if you or your players were mad, but it doesn't sound like you guys were mad. So uh-huh. what did what, what did you learn? I mean, I mean, was there was there yeah. anger with all of this? But what's also the biggest takeaway now that you've gone through this and this is what it is? Well, I think I think the first the first thing is right away when you hear you're you're not allowed to play a conference tournament or an NCAA tournament, there is disappointment, there's anger, there's somber. I mean, you're you're, you're human. You react right away, like oh. And then when you take a deep breath and find out, um, I think I think that's what I love about sports. It teaches you how to handle adversity. And in life, we all know that you have adversity. And once you take in the situation and assess the situation you're at, how can you make it better? And what can you do to help? And that's that that's what what makes sports so great and what makes America so great. So um, I think that's that's the mindset that that we're at now. Was there initial uh, uh, dejection? And uh, uh, um, of course, I mean you work all all. I mean kids dream of the NCAA tournament and and have a chance to be a number one seed and have a chance to hear your name called and then play in the tournament and have a chance at a Final Four. I mean uh, it's kind of like the Olympics. You work your whole life for that one opportunity. And so, yeah, but now we're on the handling adversity. What can we do to make things better? If that answers your question. <laughs> well, well, now that the schedule's freed up, you can join Aaron on this podcast every week for the next six weeks. So how's that? Sorry, Coach. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I got nothing to do. So Aaron's going to need a lot of people on that podcast for the next six weeks. <laughs> I got nothing to do. I can't leave the house, so. He's uh, he's Baylor Vets basketball coach Scott Drew. What a season it was. I've always said, and I think it's true, the journey is is what you enjoy. The destination is always there, but it's the journey, and you guys had quite a journey. I know it didn't end how you would have hoped, but congrats on a great season, and thanks so much for the time, Coach. Spoken like a true coach. Actually, we talked about that and how how the journey is uh, just what you say, because at the end of the day, um, you put in a lot of time and hard work together, and it, as a coaching staff, I can tell you this group uh, uh, really exemplified everything you'd want in a team. So, uh, happy for their success in here. You're gonna you're gonna lie down tonight and be like, "We won at freaking Kansas," and nobody can take that away. Appreciate it, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you, Scott Drew, Thanks, Baylor Co- men's basketball coach, joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. I, 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 his last question was unique to me, or his last answer to the question because. I would be mad. And yeah. for as much compassion and understanding you want to have for what has gone on or what is going on in this country, I think it's human nature, as he said, to have those sort of to have those sort of feelings. I mean, he mentioned a player stepping up in the locker room being like, Hey, you know, let's deal with it like this. But yeah, I think I think anger is only natural. Yeah, and especially at a place like Baylor, and listen, college basketball, the window is so finite, your players come and go all the time, but at especially at a place like Baylor, and Coach Drew's done an unbelievable job there over the past 15 years, you don't get to be a number one seed very often. To your point, they had never won at Kansas before this year. They're not Kansas. They're not Kentucky. 
He's handling it well, but I do know there are some frustrated staffs across the country about how everything came to an abrupt end. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I know one NFL quarterback who's very happy today. David Gascon gives us the latest of what's happening on this Sunday. Hello, Dave. Dan, is it Marcus Mariota? No, it would not be him. Is it, was... it Ryan Fitzpatrick? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the first name could be close, though. Is it Jameis Winston? We'll tell you in a couple of days with him. Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> he got LASIK. He's good. He's good now. Man, I, I will say, Gavin and I, and I think I was Sam too. We were we were here on that historic Sunday when he went thirty for thirty, and uh, there was nothing like it because Steve Hartman was actually he was waiting in the wings. He was like, "Please let this happen." And then, fortunate for us, the game went to overtime. And then the great finale of the pick six. That was uh, <laughs> that was one for the ages. What a way to go out in 2019. Oh, <laughs> Guys, anyways, uh, Ryan Tannehill agrees on a four-year extension with Tennessee worth $118 million, 91 of that in guarantees. He'll have an average annual salary about $29.5 million, so that no, means no franchise tag for him. Tom Brady not going to Tennessee, of course. Jaguars have agreed to trade Pro Bowl defensive end Calais Campbell to the Baltimore Ravens for a fifth-round pick in this year's draft. Also, the players voted to approve the new CBA with the league's owners. That also brings peace to the labor union through 2030, also clearing the way for a 17-game regular season that will start in 2021, also slapping away one preseason game, so it goes from four down to three. Major League Baseball, Ken Rosenthal reported Major League Baseball is expected to advise teams to end organized group workouts at their spring training and home facilities. Minor league player in the New York Yankees farm system tested positive for the coronavirus on Friday, Friday morning, in fact, and so he's been in quarantine ever since. Also, skipping gears to the NBA, referee Courtney Kirkland's coronavirus results came back negative, and doctors cleared him to leave Sacramento. He'd actually been in Sacramento since Wednesday between that Kings and Pelicans game. It was postponed just minutes before the opening tip-off in that affair. Looking for some good news. I don't know. Gavin was betting on bowling earlier, if that's some good news for you I, guys. Was. I don't know if that's allowed to say on the network. Didn't work out well. Did not. <laughs> Gavin has the craze to lose money. That's 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 what it is. Didn't, didn't work out. He looks like a turkey doing so. That's a bowling, hey. that's a bowling reference. <laughs> we appreciate it. David is Fox Sports Sunday. Aaron Torres sitting next to me. I'm Dan Byer. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. I know yesterday was difficult for some, and I tweeted about this, that watching old games is going to get old very quick, unless you're someone who's always watched old games or went back to YouTube to say, oh, I want to look back at that matchup or see how that transpired, which is something that I actually did a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to go back and watch the end of the Purdue-Virginia regional final last year to remember on how crazy it was. But what I think people need to realize, and now because some people are like, well, I'm not going to, this isn't going to affect my life at all. We're going to go party here. We're going to go party there. We're going to go out to the bars. Now, today, a lot of things and a lot of places are just completely shutting down. But what I would encourage people to do is don't just rely on old Big Ten title games to keep you, you know, to, to, to bide your time over these next how many ever weeks it is. Because that's going to get old pretty quick. You got to figure out other ways and other things to do in this time while keeping safe. I just, I, I'm not, I, I couldn't sit there and watch back to back games that you already knew the outcome of. It's just not, it's 
not realistic for me, even as a sports fan. Well, I was telling Arnie Spanier last night, you know, I think now I am personally, and I can't speak for everybody else, I'm so conditioned to watch two or three games at a time. You know, Sundays in the NFL, Arnie Spanier and I do the Saturday college football recap show where we're watching all these games, college basketball. So, like, even last night, they were showing a bunch of old UConn games. And for people who don't know, I'm a UConn alum, and I love Kemba Walker as much as anybody. It was tough to just sit there and just watch a game that I not only knew the result of, but it's like I need to switch to something else. Give, give me something. You, and there was nothing. you knew all the other dominoes that that end up falling after that. That was the other issue. Is I think I, I saw, and maybe it was Daniel Jeremiah who tweeted it, that somebody was going to do a bracket challenge with the 1991 bracket. Okay. And all of you guys who I'm looking at through the glass, uh, all four of you, I wouldn't. I, I, I don't know when exactly you were born, but I don't think that you remember the 1991 NCAA tournament. No, we missed that one. But I do. So I'm, and and I don't re, I don't remember you know what it happened in every first round. But you know the big principles, and that's always the thing with the bracket that stood out to me was it's getting a team into the final four that you didn't necessarily know. Now I think it's funny that if you were to pick the wrong five twelve matchup because you just didn't know. But knowing what the Final Four is, I'm like, I think you got to go back to maybe one of those the 48 team tournament back in you know back in 80 83 or so. Well, heck, we know 83 NC State, but eh, just the point being is 91 to me is still close enough where I would be able to figure out some of the uh, some of the outcomes of that tournament. So, are you saying just blindly fill out a black bracket and guess and see how accurate it is to the real one? That's what that's what they that's yeah. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah who did it. So from like nine. They took 1991 gotcha, gotcha, and did gotcha. their bracket and filled it in to try to take a guess on on how things would go. I just know Ohio State lost to uh, St. John's of the Sweet 16 was that, in Detroit that season. Was that a Jim Jackson team? That was a Jim Jackson team. The late Malik Seeley yeah. was on that St. John's team, and so that was uh, that was a heartbreaker. And Duke was on the bottom half of, of that bracket, and they ended up being the two seed and then ended up going to the Final Four. and. Then beating you and I'll be well. Now I'm not going to fill out my 1991 bracket, Dan. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's see if Gavin could do a 1994 bracket for Aaron Torres. 1994 is that is that give you enough? Is that you know it's really funny you say that. The first season that I vividly remember because I've always been a huge college hoops fan growing up in New England is 94 95 so 94 is perfect. literally the cutoff line of perfect. i don't remember anything I'll have perfect for you. all right you're oh, gonna yeah. get a blank bracket and we're oh, gonna no. see how you fill it out he's aaron torres i'm dan buyer get aaron torres on twitter at aaron underscore torres i'm at dan buyer on fox by the way aaron's gonna be introduced to our new game that we do here on sunday afternoons Uh-oh. last week for the first time ever a perfect score was achieved with ephraim salam sitting in here Oh. We will see if you can reach a perfect score and easy as one, two, three, four. It's not a perfect fit in college basketball as one legendary coach is back, but should he be? We talk about all that next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday, I'm Dan Byer. He's Aaron Torres. There is stuff going down. The NFL, no games, obviously. They're not going to play games in March. But there's enough going down today. A new CBA. Ryan Tannehill gets a four-year extension. Calais Campbell dealt by the Jaguars to the Ravens for a fifth-round pick. And the NFL League year apparently is going to start on Wednesday. That uh, moratorium would begin uh, tomorrow through Wednesday where you can have contact, but things can't become official. But So we could see the NFL ramping up with uh, some more moves over these next couple of days, 
it's really then what what ends up happening after that and what you can do draft wise. But it seems it seems to be that right now free agency will go on business as usual now that a CBA is in place. That's what it that's that's just the feeling that I'm getting from the National Football League because they've had opportunity after opportunity to maybe put this on hold and it hasn't been done yet. That's just my gut feeling that things are going to go on as normal at least through Friday for the National Football League. Well, and what's going to be interesting is is what happens next for say a Tom Brady, say a Philip Rivers who still wants to play whoever because you can't really travel and you can't really meet in person. And maybe that means nothing. Maybe Tom Brady already has it down to two or three places and he doesn't need to visit or travel. He can just FaceTime with whoever. But that's the interesting part to me. One, I think it's sneaky uh, clever by the NFL by basically saying, like, we have no competition right now, so there's no way we are canceling all this stuff or postponing it. Uh, but two, I'm just curious how it all plays out in real time with the fact that basically nobody can travel. I look at how these stories develop as well. And realistically, even I think members of the media who cover these events yeah. are restricted in doing so. And that's and that's why I bring this up is there was a move made in sports yesterday that probably isn't going to get the full coverage that it deserves, Ooh. which makes it genius. I want to guess. And you know, you, I, you know what it is. What, Dana White, UFC? No, no. Rick Pitino going to Iona. Well, and how about getting hired in the epi- like the epidemic epicenter? Yeah, like they, they, they think of even if this happens, if this happens next week, and they make the hire, there's conversation about it. If it happens in two weeks, there's more conversation about it. Whenever the notice of allegations end up happening, there's going to be conversation about it. But to do it. Right then, and as you said, in the epicenter of where the coronavirus is, that to me is, I mean, you couldn't have scripted a more perfect way for Rick Pitino to try to find his way back into college basketball. Yeah, he's kind of a slimy guy, and this, these are slimy times. So, no, I mean, it's just one of those deals where I don't really know uh, what to say that hasn't been already. He's a brilliant coach. I actually personally think, and you mentioned my podcast before, I talk about it on my podcast tomorrow, um, is I think the the NCAA hasn't punished Louisville yet. And one of the questions that always comes up with these punishments is, is how much do you punish a school if none of the players and the coaches have been fired and all that stuff? I think this is a pretty clever get-out-of-jail-free card for the NCAA where they can kind of go easy on Louisville and then hammer Rick Pitino because he's back in college basketball. The only point I reason, the only reason I bring it up is because I don't think his issues with the NCAA are over even though he's been out now for three full seasons. There's, do we expect a show-cause penalty? I mean, he was supposed to serve a five-game suspension. For right? the original. Yes. This is, this was and that the, was the stripper this gate. Was, this this was, wasn't the Brian, uh, the Brian Bowen, right? Yeah, so he got a five-game suspension for his being the head coach, even though he quote-unquote had no idea for the strippers. Before he could even serve that, uh, his assistants got busted for paying a, a recruit. So I don't think that by any means he is out of the weeds yet with the NCAA enforcement, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, just, I, I look at how it played out, Aaron, and just the backlash of it. And and for a school, when they make a, a splash hire of a coach in a school like Iona, 99 times out of 100, you would want that publicity. If, if you could get your hands on a name and you're, you're, a, you're a program, a, 
one of the driving forces behind it is to have the press conference, to maybe have the local the local news teams, especially in a New York City metro area, to show up at your university to do a press conference. We see it with some of the schools we've seen in Southern California in in maybe just up the road at CSUN. Maybe you bring in a guy that's like, all right, well, people are going to know who he is. It doesn't matter if we're going to maybe win or not, but we have a name that we're, we're going to bring in. When you bring in Rick Pitino, 99 out of 100 times or a name of that caliber is to shed light on the program, yet they do it in such a way to almost hide the hiring, but still have Rick Patino trying to trying to gain everything with it. It's genius, yet it's so transparent to see what went down in, in the hiring. Well, and if you think about it, how quickly the hiring happened, where CBS's Matt Norlander, uh, I'll give him credit because he was the first one that I saw, was that he basically said Patino is on his way back from Europe coaching in the Europe League, or he had just gotten home, and talks are escalating. And it went from Talks are escalating to within two hours he is the head coach, and an hour after that they're having a press conference. So it was very clear this was a done deal behind the scenes. They wanted to limit the amount that it was going to be talked about, uh, et cetera, et cetera. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. It should be noted that in our hands is a bracket of the 1994 NCAA tournament. Aaron and I will try to fill those out, and then Gavin and and Sam can grade them to see how well we did in looking back on a tournament that happened 26 years ago. Again, I've got a few years on Aaron, so I do think (laughs) that I have an advantage here in filling this out, but whether I take advantage of the advantage is a completely different story. Nebraska Penn in the first round, I'm just saying. (laughs) He's, He's on Twitter, at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. If you ever missed the show, just go to FoxSportsRadio.com, click on Podcasts, and find Fox Sports Radio Weekends. Coming up next, what league is going to be hit the most by its absence? We'll tell you coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Glad to have you with us on a Sunday. Hopefully, if you, if there's a void in your sporting weekend, hopefully we can entertain it because there's there's a lot on our minds, including a conversation that Aaron and I were were having earlier. I don't want to paraphrase Aaron, but okay. I'm going to try. To, well, let, let's just here. I don't want to do any damage to your argument. Sure, but there was a question that you posed to me for a reason that you posed it. So. I am going to let you pose it to me if you're good with that. I am, yeah. No, and I think it makes for great conversation because I think there's two definitive sides, and I actually see both sides even if I disagree with one. And my question to you was very simply this, Dan, is do you think that we as a news organization, not just Fox Sports Radio, but obviously we are reporting on every new corona case uh, in the sports world, and in society we are reporting on there's this new case here, there's that new case here. My situ- my belief is this, is that I don't believe that it is necessary to report on every new case. Certainly, if there's a outbreak or something in a specific localized area, that's a little bit of a different story. But the bottom line is that this is a fast-moving virus. It is very contagious. But also, the other bottom line is that 80% of people that come down with this illness show mild or literally no symptoms at all. So I just think that as we increase testing, we're going to get increased positive results. And whether it is in the sports world where you have a bunch of guys together traveling, all that stuff, or just in larger society, I'm, I'm torn, but I lean towards I think it creates more fear than it does help if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Does everything I said make sense? Yeah, well, I under, I understand what, what you are saying. I, I will answer your question and say this. When Christian Wood of the Pistons comes down with the coronavirus yesterday, that's news. Yes. Anybody that comes into contact in the NBA, I think, is news because we report on these players for, for, for anything. I mean, there are some news well, organizations that will report on – as I'm looking at Dwayne Wade on one of our TVs, you know, Dwayne Wade sa- says something that has absolutely nothing to do yeah. about sports, but we are so, reporting about it because Dwayne Wade said it. So, so that's different. NBA prominent league, only 450 players. What about I saw somebody tweet out that a Houston baseball player has gotten coronavirus, like a Houston Astros, like a no, minor no, no, league, no, like or just... a University of Houston. I'm sorry. Okay. So we got 353 Division One teams. Many of them were traveling on the road in the last week, coming back to campus, whatever. I just feel like it's inevitable. College basketball, I hate to say it, we're going to find out in the next couple days that someone on one of these teams has tested positive for coronavirus. Not because they were reckless or whatever, it was because they traveled, many of them played in front of fans, they stayed in hotels. It's inevitable, and so... 
if you're adamant that the public needs to know, I don't think that I'm going to get on the table and bang my fist and say it's too much. But I also do think that as the as we learn more, and as we also understand that test when, once testing goes up, we're going to get more increased positives. I'm so. not sure if I'm not sure if that is 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 understood everywhere. But I'll I'll try to use a parallel for you because this is what I think is going to happen. I do think it's news if a University of Houston player tests positive, especially since every sport has now been shut down by the any every championship for the NCAA and spring sports has been shut down, and we've seen a reason why. And now with the Rudy Gobert thing, we're trying to connect the dots. But I'll use NFL free agency as a perfect example. When when Ryan Tannehill gets his deal today. It's big news for a lot of reasons. It's big news because it means Tom Brady isn't going to go there. It means that Ryan Tannehill is. It means he gets a four-year deal. It's also one of the first things to happen. And when free agency begins, you're going to get free agent signing and you're going to get big names off of the board. But maybe after a week when a wide receiver signs, or maybe not one of the biggest names like a University of Houston player signs, it is not that big of a deal to us. A reserve NFL offensive lineman goes from the Texans to the Detroit sure. Lions. We, are, we, we aren't going to necessarily report that because it isn't in the grand scheme of things as big of a deal with that player changing uh, teams. And there have been so many players changing teams that it may not warrant our time. But the timing of this, I think, absolutely does. Now, if there comes to a point, and hopefully it doesn't, but if there are hundreds of athletes that we found out have can you know have gotten the coronavirus, I don't know if we are going to be able to report on every single one. But I think this is way early. I don't think spreading fear is even an ounce in the thought process or the conversation. Because when we saw videos of people going out and having a great time, it's a reason why now in California, bars are being shut down, wineries, breweries, they're all being shut down but, because people on Friday and Saturday weren't abiding by what people were, but, but were we saying. Had a, we had a press conference with the president on Friday, so those people were going to act that way until we made this decision. I don't think... If the number and God forbid, and we're you not, think that the president's press conference was going to stop people from? That's going? my whole point. That's my whole point, though, is that, and I don't think that if the if the the numbers slowly rise, that it's going to stop anybody from going to the bar if they can still go to the bar. And so, I just think that for the people that are concerned, the people that, there's probably more. There are probably not as many people as concerned as need to be. But the people that aren't the people that aren't concerned don't care. I'm young. I'm 22. I'm not going to get this. I don't care. It's a dumb opinion to have, but that is their opinion. On the opposite side, the people that are concerned, they're the ones that are sitting home getting an update. Okay, now this region has 22 people, 24 people, 26 people that have, and it's only going to incite more fear in the people that are already scared. I guess is my point. I. So you're saying we shouldn't report this to not make people be afraid. I think we should only Because if that's what it is. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish. I yeah, I think we should report relevant information. I don't think a a positive test. Now, if it's in a region that has not had a single positive test, that's different than a region that has already had 22 and now it's 23 and in an hour it's going to be 26. I just think we have to use news judgment and I don't think that 
an NBA player is completely different to me than a backup shortstop at the University of Houston, not because his life is any more or less valuable, but because there are there are by definition only 450 NBA players where there are probably, I can't even do the math, you know, 30 guys on a college roster times 353, that's 9,000, is that right? <laughs> So that's nine. Like that sample size. Of course, somebody is going to get coronavirus. Who do you who do you think? Yeah, who do you think comes in contact with someone more, the Houston baseball player or Christian Wood of the Pistons? Well, I think if he's quarantined, I don't think it matters. So what what are you saying? The the point being is that a University of Houston baseball player is probably like you and I. Sure. That okay. That's fair. And, And and so so to have that sort of thing end up happening tells me that. Wow, if this guy's this buddy came over to my dorm and now yeah. I'm having it or my parents were in town and the the player came over and now these people have to be concerned. Yeah. I also That's don't I also fair. don't think that having the coronavirus and just being like like I'm good is is because I'm young or and we've seen some videos of, of like course, the immune system because idiots, yeah. you're then giving it to no. you're giving it to other people that are that are next to you and that's like the biggest deal of 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 why now they are they are shutting it down so there are going to be thousands of people that we believe that will be infected mm-hmm. throughout the United States but I do think that it's it's early enough as well. And I also do think that with this situation, the numbers every time they are reported are important because the first time they go down is news. So now every single time it's, are they going up? Are they going down? And that is news. It's kind of reminds me of what I tell. And, and for those that may not know, and I don't expect you if you're listening to the show, I'm in charge of our news department here at Fox Sports Radio. I'm in charge of the anchors, and the thing that I that I say to them is, listen, we live in a world where everything LeBron James does is news. If LeBron James has 48 points and a triple-double of 48 points, 10 boards, and 12 assists, that's news. But if LeBron goes 3 of 24 from the field, it's also that's news, also yeah. news. Yep. And so when you see these coronavirus numbers, every single time we get an update, and we get an update on the local level because local yeah. news are reporting with their people, every single time we get a number – it is news, and that is actually one of the things that that is so in my mind that is is I don't know when the number goes lower. Yeah. So so I don't know if it's a week. I don't know if it's two months. I have absolutely no idea. So it may wear me down, Aaron, and it may may I don't know if it's going to have fear or just be like, man, I'm just getting so tired of hearing these numbers go up and up and up. But every single time that you hear something like that. I'm waiting for the moment where it goes down, yeah. and I just don't know when that moment is. I guess my point would be, and this is no, and listen, following directives, I get that. I, I'm not criticizing anyone in this building for anything that they've reported, but should it be national news that a Yankees minor leaguer, and by the way, they're reporting it at all the networks. I'm not criticizing anybody. I love Gascon. I hope this doesn't come off as I'm criticizing Gascon. I'm not. If yes, if you live in that community, it should be reported. But I just, to me, it just feels weird that it's national news when there are, whatever, there are 10,000 minor leaguers and one has this illness. It's inevitable that one's going to get them. But I I do see the counterpoint as well. So go ahead. And I I think what you're saying is, is it's not just going to be one. So why are we reporting the one? 
Well, is that is that is sort of because I am. I will be honest. I am having a difficult time of of you of trying to figure out exactly why you don't want it reported. Because I would say with the minor leaguer, it's also the first minor leaguer to get reported. So we have no idea. Who knows this minor leaguer worked out with a Yankee star in a batting cage? But isn't that know? the Yankees' problem? Why is that national news? Because it's the Yankees, and it's because it's minor league baseball. Yeah, I just, to me, I see, I guess we're just looking at, and, and listen, I completely respect your opinion, and it is news, and it is going to be reported. I guess my thing is, it, while it is really sad that people are getting inflicted in this illness, while it's really sad that people are dumb enough to continue to go out to bars and spread it and be responsible for spreading it, I guess what I'm saying is I'm looking at the broader statistics of listen, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a worst case scenario, okay? God forbid a minor well, leaguer okay. God forbid a minor leaguer dies from this illness. That is absolutely news. I guess what I'm saying is is that statistically, if you read the statistics, two things. One, the way that this spreads, it's inevitable that a sample size as large as say minor league baseball it's inevitable that somebody is going to come down with this and at the same time what isn't reported which i do think creates fear is that 80 percent of people who get this illness show mild or no symptoms so i think donovan mitchell actually did a great service yesterday by posting that video and saying guys i'm still getting healthy i'm quarantined but i'm getting better because i think people also need to see not just the the rate that it's increasing not just the death total but that if you do come down with this one Stay in bed, fluids, but that most people are going to be okay. I just maybe that's the point, and I'm glad that we talked this out because it is an important. I guess my point is, we're so focused on the infection rate and the death total and how many people have died that what we also need to remember is that 80 percent of people show mild to no symptoms, and that if you get this, be safe, be responsible, don't spread it. But also, we don't have to have this panic that you're frankly probably going to die, and I don't mean to be light about that. I also i I think that in two things, and I and I didn't think you were saying, but I just want to clarify: you're not saying that the Yankees player isn't a star enough, is that is or is that what you're saying? Like he's not as big of a name. I guess it's not that he's not a big name. Certainly, it's like you said. We were report- and I'm not saying that no, you're valuing his life less yes, than okay. you would another no, like a star player. I guess I guess what I'm saying is it's not because he's not a big enough name, but to your point, we report on LeBron James differently than we report on Avery Bradley. But what I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that it's it it is different. And that the sample size is so big with the way that this infection spreads that it's inevitable that a minor leaguer ends up getting this just like, and I hate to say it, this is why they had to cancel the NCAA tournament because it was going to be inevitable that if they, if they played these games, somebody was going to get infected in college basketball, 68 teams, 13 guys, travel parties, head coaches, assistant coaches, you're bringing 25, 30 people for each team. Eventually somebody is going to come down with it. So I hope I'm not trying to be unsympathetic. I'm just saying is that I, I just think we have to, I think as a as a news organization, uh, news in general has to find well, the fine line of here is the information, but also here's the other side of the information. See, I, as well. I, I just think that your line is off, and the the Yankees player being tested positive is the first time it's infiltrated minor league baseball. But or it was inevitable. It's in, is it is it inevitable that Fox Sports Radio someone is is coronavirus? If we have. 
like, like ten thousand. Like, if we have ten thousand employees, then yeah, it probably is. Well, but we don't know that. That that that's that. And so this is the first. Now all of a sudden we're wondering why things were canceled. And as you just said, now we get to see why all of these things are. Now we're seeing. Okay, wow, it was in minor league baseball. I don't know if it's a given if an NFL player is is going to test positive. I don't know if it's a given that a you know a a major league level player. I just think all of this information because it is so new and I mean remember we're only 72 hours away from or, you know within that window of right. canceling everything that it is a bigger deal. 3 weeks from now when we're hearing more I don't think it's going to be um as dire if a college baseball player or a minor league player does, but when they're the first to break into those sports I think it's a pretty big deal. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. If you got the coronavirus from someone else, can you sue them? We'll answer that question next year on Fox Sports Sunday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Winter did a number on your car. So come to Mako during our tax season event for expert paint and collision repair. You'll get a great price, and it's as easy as book, quote, fix. Visit Mako.com to schedule your free estimate. Uh-oh, better get Mako. Terms and conditions apply. Fox Sports Sunday. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. Glad to have you with us on this Sunday as we're coming to you live from the 
Geico, Fox Sports Radio Studios. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and auto insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. Geico.com. It's easy. They, the saying is there is no such thing as a dumb question. Now, I would, I would, I would... I would likely disagree with that, considering on the response to my tease from the audience here at Fox Sports Radio. Let's ask an attorney who joins us now. Dan Lust is a national sports law analyst that you can find on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. Dan, thanks so much for coming on. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to answer any questions. There are no dumb questions, just uh, dumb people. Uh, all right, a few that. minutes. Yeah, I was well, say, there's definitely dumb. People. I was going to tease your appearance and i said could you sue someone if they gave you the coronavirus and these guys are on the other side of the glass and Aaron, no, oh, there's no way you can die you can't do it, blah, blah, blah. are there any legal ramifications for something like that or is that just completely uh not realistic so so i'm, I'm messing with you it's actually not a dumb question at all because enough people Boom. are asking it that no one has that answer so um, there is uh, a basically a very long history of cases in our country dealing with the spread of viruses, the spread of diseases. So you'll, you'll most likely see that when it comes to the spread of an HIV or an STD or something like that. Um, there are less cases when it comes to the spread of a disease, but it's you know something like a coronavirus, because obviously we've never seen it before. But the case law is really the same. So um, you know it requires someone to act carelessly or maybe you know recklessly while they either know they have the disease or they think they might have it. Um, but at the end of the day, in order to win on a type of lawsuit like this, you need to show um, that that someone's actions, be it careless or reckless, were the proximate cause of you actually, you know, getting coronavirus. So, you know, the people are asking the question in the context of a Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz, you know, did he potentially give Donovan Mitchell uh, coronavirus? But the answer is this. We, we don't know how Donovan Mitchell got it. We just know yes. that he tested for it after Rudy Gobert tested for it. But that doesn't really tell us how exactly he got it. So, you know, to answer your question, could we see a lawsuit? Yes. I mean, you see crazy lawsuits all the time, but do you see someone winning on this? Not likely. Well, and that was kind of my question relative to not just all of these sports canceling, but specifically the NCAA tournament. And, you know, for, for you to, if you don't know, a lot of my background's in college sports, but the number one issue that I've heard is that the NCAA was putting themselves in legal harm by letting these kids take the court. I mean, that has to be accurate, right? You're flying around the country, exposing yourself to thousands of people that you wouldn't be otherwise. Uh, is that the primary reason why most of these uh uh, you know, sports entities shut down shop, not only to protect their athletes, but because there was real legal liability? There's, there's probably twofold. I mean, from the legal end, right, you know, as, a, as the NBA, they're playing host in all these different arenas, be it Ohio, be it, you know, Madison Square Garden for the Big East tournament for all those years. Um, they're playing host to that. So if they, you know, have fans enter an arena where this is a potential risk, you know, uh, it's possible that they could get hit with um, what we call it's a negligence case. It's, it's basically as, as the host of the venue, do they know that fans are coming? Are they putting them in harm's way in a way that maybe fans wouldn't know that um, they, they're exposed to this risk? Um, so that's part of it, right? Um, you know, and the other part is this Rudy Gobert issue, right? All these players could potentially, you know, have their you know, reputation harmed in some way or some fashion if they got uh, this diagnosis. And I was listening to you guys, you know, a couple minutes ago, 
we keep hearing all these different, you know, alerts, right? You know, uh, Christian Wood of the Detroit Pistons, he has coronavirus. There's a Yankees minor leaguer. I don't know how much news value that gives us, but for those guys' reputations moving forward, those we're always going to remember, right, that Rudy Gobert got it, that Donovan Mitchell got it. So I, I don't know how, how much it really helps those athletes. But probably on a, on a practical level, guys, the NBA draft is scheduled for June 25th, 2020. We have not heard that that is going to be postponed or moved in any way, shape, or form. So as much as, you know, May mayhem sounds exciting or May madness, you want to call it that, um, you know, these players have a, most of these, the top-level guys, have an NBA draft to prepare for. So it's also a scenario, right, if you had late May madness, that these guys, the top guys, wouldn't be playing in it because they want to get ready for this draft. But, you know, um, the NBA season is very much in flux. So I think with all these different factors, the NCAA thought it's safe just to, you know, uh, cancel it and not just push it back indefinitely like we've seen in other sports. National sports law analyst Dan Lust joining us. You're not going to get me to go down the road again, but I would say this. Even though you are reporting a, a Yankees player being tested positive and it's not helpful to him, that isn't the job of news to be helpful to the player, right? I, I mean, I mean, yeah, it stinks for the player, but it's not the news department's job to take care of the player. The news department's job is to report news. Fair enough? Uh, to- to- totally understood. I think, you know, and I have no problem personally with, with something like that being reported. The, the, the issue more so that I have from the legal perspective is when it's being reported that, you know, Rudy Gobert is causing this in- infection in the NBA, which we don't know. Sure. Right? We yes. just know that Rudy Gobert was the first to test positive. So, you know, not so long ago, about a month ago, we had this, you know, um, Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett thing with defamation, right? Did Miles Garrett uh, make the story up or did Mason Rudolph actually say it? So it- it's one thing to say Rudy Gobert has coronavirus, Donovan Mitchell has it, but where you're seeing it online and, and reported pretty consistently is that Rudy Gobert gave it to Donovan Mitchell, but there's no real proof of that. Um, you know, just on a just a, an evidentiary level, March fifth is when Donovan Mitchell's at this Boston casino, and this is a week before his diagnosis. And the casino felt it important enough to announce to all of their patrons that were there that night that a guest, presumably Donovan Mitchell, contracted it. So there's a scenario in here where Mitchell got it the week before, and then just happened to have been tested uh, after Gobert. So you know, I just just some misinformation is important on the legal level. Sure. You know, so there's no defamation or anything like that. Dan Lust again joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. I just had to throw that in. I had a different question because we had Scott Drew on, the head coach at Baylor, and we had talked to him about possible additional eligibility for these athletes in these winter sports. Is there any ram? Is there any legal possibility if, say, the NCAA says, "All right, guys, girls, you weren't able to participate in your championship. Sorry, you're not going to come back." Would they have any legal ground to try to fight that if the NCAA made that decision? So they would, and I, and I think what's what's new to some, the NCAA has actually said for spring athletes, players you know that are playing baseball or any other type of spring sport, that they're going to get uh, additional eligibility. They're going to hammer out the the details of that, but it, they've already announced it um, that it looks like they're going to get it. When it comes to the winter sport athletes, I mean, some of their seasons are are pretty much done, right? There's been a couple conference tournaments that have been played. Teams are not going to get invited. You know, they weren't been invited to the NIT, um, and their season was over. So. For these college basketball players, a lot of them have played, you know, between 90 to 100 percent of their season. So uh, from a legal perspective, right, you can file a petition for additional eligibility, right? Just we see that all the time in college football for injury exceptions, injury redshirt years. Um, but the NCAA at the end of the day is a private organization. They can really do whatever they want. They could give you the eligibility or they could not. It's the same thing we're seeing with fair pay to play. They could change their whole bylaws and allow players to get paid. They just don't want to do it. 
The question is when there becomes some type of state or federal law that mandates it. But I, I doubt on any state or federal level that they're going to force these college basketball players who have, you know, 90% of their season to play to get an additional year because as we're seeing guys on the state and federal level, they have much bigger things on their hands at this point in time. So Major League Baseball, uh, obviously you just referenced it. We talked about it last segment, the first case in professional baseball, um, Yankees minor leaguer. But what's interesting about the major leagues is that it seems as though the sport itself allowed the players to make the decision kind of team by team. Do you want to stay at the facilities? Do you want to go back to your hometown? Does either Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees, et cetera, God forbid something happens with this kid that got it, are they under any legal kind of uh, liability with that? So, you know, it's it's kind of a gray area. There's something, and it's, it's important to be said here, called the assumption of the risk. Sure. So once someone knows about a risk, you can possibly assume it, right? When we go to baseball games, we know that we can get hit with a foul ball. It's very possible. You know, it's the same thing about hockey. There was a case the other day um, with the, uh, I think it was the Washington Capitals, where a puck flew through the, uh, the little hole, the photographer hole cut out, and someone got hit in the face. We know those are risks. And if in light of you knowing about a risk, potential infection with coronavirus, walking into a stadium, right? You know, UFC event went on. WrestleMania looks like it's going on. If you then go into an arena uh, knowing that there's a potential risk of, risk of infection, that's very different. So that's one of the exceptions to a negligence case. If you know about the risk, right, if you know that Rudy Gobert has coronavirus and you go into the locker room and you shake hands with, corona, you know, with, with coronavirus, you know, with Rudy Gobert or, or Donovan Mitchell, you're assuming that risk. So when I, when I put the decision in the Yankees' hands, the Yankees all know what, what's possible here, right? It's not like we're dealing with we were on you know, March 11th when it was the Jazz Thunder game when no one really knew what was going on. So do the Yankees put themselves at, at some type of legal liability? Maybe a little bit, but you know, players are adults. They're allowed to make this decision on their own. And I'm sure the Yankees' you know, attorneys you know, were consulted in this. Um, and this decision wasn't taken lightly, but for the safety of the players and, and you know, to make sure that everyone was on the same page, I think it was probably a smart call for everyone to kind of test their own risk tolerance. On a day where a CBA is agreed, we have a lawyer on it. We can't even ask any questions because we're out of time. It gives us another reason to have Dan Lust back here on Fox Sports Radio, National Sports Law Analyst. Dan, we appreciate the time. We'll direct everybody to your Twitter page, Sport at Sports Law Trust or Lust, and they can end up tweeting you questions as well. Right? Is that fair enough? Sounds is that good. It's to- totally fair, and it's a hard name to forget. Sports Law Lust, and uh, happy to come on anytime, guys. I got the Lust, and I wanted to say they could tweet you, and got it mixed up. But yes, at but Sports you Law also, Lust. You can also trust me, too. That's fine. <laughs> and we're going to have you back on. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And he's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Yeah, just a lot to get to. But, uh, you know, it makes some really good points of what's legal and what's not and entering arenas and how you're accepting that responsibility. Well, yeah. and he hit one thing that's really important. I know we got to get to Gascon, but Arnie Spanier and I talked about this a lot last night is – this assumption that Donovan Mitchell definitively got the got this illness from Rudy Gobert, it's preposterous. Rudy Gobert was irresponsible. But let's stop saying definitively that he is the reason that Donovan Mitchell has this illness. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming up next, can Aaron Torres top last week's perfection? We'll find out. But first, here's David Gascon with the latest. Hello, Dave. Hey, guys. A um, couple things. Uh, UFC obviously had an event yesterday down in Brazil. Uh, UFC London's card uh, for next week doesn't look like it's going to take place. And also, probably not going to happen in the state of Nevada either because of things going down with the coronavirus. So that means a, a big card and a huge blow to Dana White. Obviously, travel restrictions coming down the wire that no 
flights can come into the United States outside of, of London and Ireland, but that looks to be the case where you won't have any flights coming into the United States through Ireland or London at some point early this week. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball, they're expected to advise teams to end all organized group workouts at spring training facilities and also in the home ballparks. Minor leaguer, as you guys had mentioned, with the Yankees system tested positive for the coronavirus. Player was isolated on Friday morning. Running fever and all. He's the only minor leaguer that has the case up until this point. National Football League news. Ryan Tannehill agrees on a 40-year extension with the Titans worth $118 million, 91 of that in guarantees. NFL players voted to approve a new collective bargaining agreement with the league's owners, ensuring the NFL labor peace through the 2030 season, clearing the way for a 17-game regular season. It also means we go from four preseason games down to three. Dan Aaron? Want to come from you guys? Did you take here. offense from Aaron? Uh, Aaron's he didn't comments? Even hear it. He no, didn't I just uh, you know, I mean, you're not <laughs> you're not always like in tune with that stuff. So oh, I, sure. I, you know, I, it's all good. It's fine. What? Thanks, Gascon. Well, I appreciate you. You know, it was never intended for anything personal. It was for the sake of good radio. Uh, well, I and I felt I had Dave's back. So even, oh, even that wasn't so that's what it is. So so you're well, just saying that I, I was attacking Gascon. Which isn't necessarily incorrect. But. We'll, we'll see how much David Gascon helps you in a little game we like to play. Yes, easy as one, two, three, four. All right, let's strike up the band. Yeah, what? Yeah, there we go. All right, sorry, Sam. What's going on here? What's going on? What's going on? We're coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven Auto. The only hard part: figuring out which way is easier. It's Aaron's first time playing this game, and maybe the first time you've heard this game. I give Aaron a bunch of topics, and he's just got to give me the answer. He doesn't have to give me all the answers. He can give me just one of two, two of three, three of four, and four of five. And when he does so with each correct answer, he will be getting a point. And the goal here is a perfect score of 10. Aaron, are you ready to play? I believe I am, yes. You will have David Gascon, Sam Kinsley, Iowa Sam, and Gavin Kinzel at your disposal if you would like help with any of these questions. So they're my phone-a-friend kind yeah, of Yeah, basically. Okay, yeah, cool, that's cool. a good way of putting it. Name one of two NFL teams with yellow face masks. Yes, there are two NFL teams that wear yellow face masks. If you need the guys to help out, you can always workshop it with them. Gavin, Iowa Sam, or David Gascon. But or you can just go by your lonesome. Just name one of two teams with well, a yellow face mask. Gavin, you are a Chargers fan. Oh, yeah. Correct me, am I, are the Chargers one of two? They are definitely one of two as of last year. I don't think they did before that. But, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles, not San Diego Chargers. Thanks to help from Gavin. If we're wrong, I blame him 100%. All right. Uh, Chargers make the list. Yes, they did. Do you guess who the other one is? You guys want to go ahead. I, I know. I, it's got to be the Steelers, right? Way to tick. I would say it's the Redskins. Sam. Iowa Sam Ooh, is correct Iowa with Sam. That. Gavin, yes. you're done. He's my go-to. For yes. Now, here's the problem. You can't use Gavin again, so you've only got Dave and Sam oh, at your disposal. You use Gavin on the easiest question. Name. So. I should have <laughs> known that, yeah. Name two. Of, I also didn't put that in the rules, but oh well. No. Name two of three cities outside the United States where NBA games were played this season. So Toronto is one. Okay. That's one of your answers. Um, I can't tell you if it's right or wrong until you submit both answers for approval. Two of three. What happens if I just get a question wrong? Am I out? No, Is- no. You just get you get one point, zero points, or how many 
of that question you get right. All right. I'm not sold that either of these knuckleheads can get the answer to this. I, oh, I know the answer. I know the answer. I have it right. Tokyo was one. <laughs> Do you want to go with... Regular season or season season? Regular season. Oh, forget that. That's where Daryl Morey made the comment was Tokyo. That that set off a firestorm. So Toronto is one. Um, Cities outside the U.S. were an NBA regular season. Go ahead, game Gascon, played. help out. Don't mess me no, up. Here. I'm a knucklehead. I'm deferring to <laughs> Iowa Sam. <laughs> okay. oh, but I, I know one of the teams that played in it. If you want that hint, eh, it doesn't really do me any good. So <laughs> Iowa Sam, do you have any help? <laughs> I went there. Well, well the wait, time. wait. Just so you know that if you use David you're making and up rules Sam, as we go along. You can't use them again. So I would make, save me for later. Yeah. All I right, would, I'll save Iowa Sam. I'm right, gonna, I'll go with Paris, France. I'm going to go with Paris, France, and Toronto as two out of the three. All right. Is Toronto one? That is correct. Is Paris one? Yes. You're welcome. You're, you're welcome. Not, you're not a knucklehead. You're, you're smarter you're than You're welcome. Me. And the I other, still got Iowa The Sam. other was Mexico City. I thought oh, Mexico yes. City was one. That's Golly. Right. All right. Three for three so far. Name I'm three of four of the largest seating capacity venues in college basketball. So home oh, venues. I can do this. Carrier Dome. Rupp Arena. Okay, that's two. Um, the top four, three out of the top four seating venue capacities for home teams in college All basketball. All right, so Carrier Dome, Rupp Arena. Oh, man. I have like three or four that are definitely in like the top ten. <laughs> this is what makes easy as one, two, three, Not four okay. a little tricky. I am going to say... You can call on Sam, remember. <laughs> I don't know if you want to call on the look on his face. Um, all right, I am going to say a surprising one. Hey, am I going to say that one? Give me a second. All right. Uh, I'm going to go Dean Dome, North Carolina. I don't think that's right, though. Okay. Carrier Show me Dome. Carrier Dome. Show me Rupp Arena. Show me Dean Smith Center. Yeah! There it is! Wow. What was the fourth one? What was the fourth one? The Yum Center in Louisville. Ooh, okay. The, yeah, the that new was, home to the Louisville Cardinals. That was in the short conversation. All right. somewhat new home Dan, to the Louisville Dan, what is your, uh, what is your hometown, uh, not your hometown yeah. team, but Wisconsin Fieldhouse, what do they hold? Uh, Cole's, the, uh, where the Cole Center? Yeah. Yeah. I think the Cole Center was about 18,000, oh, okay. I think. Yeah. Cole Center's pretty big. They had an NCAA regional there about 18 years ago. But you uh, said it was remodeled, right? Um, no, it was a new arena about 20 years ago. My last year in college, oh. uh, or actually it was maybe my junior year. Oh. Yeah, it opened up. 1998, I think. Yeah, January of 98. 17,230. Right. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, 17,230? All right, name four of five. Final question here. Major League Baseball teams who have never appeared in a World Series, or who have appeared in a World Series but have never won a game. You're screwed. Yes. Oh, man. All right. How many teams are there? There's four, four or five. <laughs> They've appeared in a World Series but never won a game. Four or five that have appeared in a World Series but have never won a game. Am I allowed to pull up like the standings just so I know what teams? You are not allowed You're to such do a that. BS artist, are man. You are you, so full of you know we are what. Pulling you in, we are putting you in quarantine. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Does he get All the right, answer right? We'll find out All coming right, up good. next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday, on the verge of a perfect game, we gave Aaron Torres a bit of a breather. Same thing actually happened last week with Ephraim, but I don't even tell him the category. 
Should be noted that Aaron did not look up the answers. Uh, Fox Sports Sunday, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. Let's wrap up our easiest one, two, three, four game, if we can, as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Aaron Torres, your job is to name four of the five Major League Baseball teams who have appeared in a World Series but have never won a World Series. Okay. All right. Now that I had a commercial break, I will say the Tampa Bay former Devil Rays, now currently the Rays. That's one. The Texas Rangers, which I correct me if I'm wrong, uh, one Wait out. Wait a second. Did you use the whole commercial break to figure out this answer? Yeah, 100%. Okay. And then I All right. The All right. Quick. Okay. Oh, that wasn't right. one of the new rules that you put in as we go? <laughs> hey, well, too late now. How come you're not a longtime listener of Fox Sports Sunday? I can't, you know, I, I can't get all the rules out every single time. All right, you got the Rays and Rangers. I should download on the podcast, but usually in LA, there's a game on, but neither here nor there. Uh, I will also say the Brewers, Milwaukee, um, and this one I'm actually not positive on, but I know they've played in the World Series. I don't think they've won one. Your San Diego Padres, Dan. All right. Do those answers sound good to you? All right. Let's hear it. The the Tampa Bay (laughs) Rays. Yes. 2008 World Series. What about the Texas Rangers? Yes, 2010 and 2011. What about the Milwaukee Brewers? Sorry, 1982. Red Bud Seelig's autobiography. That's how I know. And it the was tough. San Diego Padres. Yeah, 1998. Woo! Also 1984. There it is. A score of 10 for Aaron Torres on easy as one, two, three, four. Perfect score. It only took. Eight minutes in the break, but YOLO. <laughs> uh, was I there w- anyone that you were you were trying to, that you were going back and forth on? So I wasn't positive that the Padres. I know it's a big story that. Well, I remember the Rays, obviously. Uh, I remember the Brewers from Bud Selig's riveting autobiography, and it was riveting. The Rangers, I remember from just conversations. Twice they were a strike away from winning a World Is that Series. Right? Yeah. I knew the Padres had been because I remember Kevin Brown, Yankee Stadium. Who could forget? Uh, but I wasn't positive they if they had won one. So it was between them and the Rockies, and I was almost certain that while the Rockies had made a bunch of playoff appearances early in their franchise history, that they hadn't made a World Series. But I'm not positive if that's correct or not. Did they? Are they, they the fifth did, team? Two thousand seven. They were swept right. by the Boston Red Sox. That's right, Matt Holiday. So they were the fifth team. Okay, there it is. Aaron Torres, a winner today. Next hour, Gavin Kinzel, our executive producer, who has been flooded with work today, is going to grade us on how we did on filling out the 1994 NCAA tournament. We, you so, and I both filled out a bracket and tried to answer who won in all 63 of those games. So I admitted to you that I remember more when I saw the bracket than I realized. Can we talk about it a little bit? Can I? Yeah. Okay. I vividly remember this was when Duke was basically unbeatable, and I remember them playing in the Elite Eight. And my aunt, who was actually a big fan, rest in peace. She she passed away, you know, many years ago now. 1994 mm-hmm. is a long time ago, but she's like, "Oh God, I cannot believe Duke won again." So I know Duke pe- beat Purdue in an Elite Eight. Um, I know for sure that Arkansas won it because Bill Clinton was very, you know, it's kind of when he was. There. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, you are you are right on. And I actually can add on to that Elite Eight, and I'll do that after David Gascon gives us some news just in from the National Football League. Yeah, guys, uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted out that the NFL sent a memo to the teams informing them the negotiation window starts tomorrow at noon. 
League year starts Wednesday, and franchise designation uh, ends tomorrow at noon as well. So everything is still on schedule, according to the National Football League. All right. They're going to keep on keeping on in the National Football League. Thank you very much for that, Dave. I was supposed to go to that Elite Eight in 1994. In fact, I was in Knoxville, Tennessee with my mother. We were going to watch the games on Thursday and Saturday. I just told these guys in there I came down with tonsillitis. And oh, then no. Mono was stuck in the hotel room for the entire trip. So missed uh, Big Dog going up against Duke in the Ooh. regional final on that on that uh, Saturday. And I could tell you the regional semifinals – I hope you had Kansas and Marquette because they also made it to the Sweet 16 for those games in Knoxville. Good buddy Jim McElvain, part of that Marquette team. And, uh, yeah, I think it was an Adonis Jordan-Rex Walters backcourt maybe for Kansas around that time. Uh, Yeah, at some point, I think that's that's what it was in 1994. I could be wrong. We'll (laughs) check the facts. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. And trust me, I know we didn't do it last hour, but we're going to tell you what league is going to be hurt the most by the shutdown. That's next. It is Fox Sports Sunday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Here on Fox Sports Radio, as a new CBA has been reached in the NFL, 
And Tom Brady will not be going to Nashville. That's because Ryan Tannehill is going to stick around a while longer, getting a four-year extension. You may have heard the reports from the NFL. The league is saying, hey, business as usual, despite the coronavirus outbreak, while it's canceled games in I think every league that there is right now in the in the late winter, about to be early spring, the NFL doesn't have any games to play, so free agency and everything will go on as scheduled. Tomorrow, the league year kind of ends, the moratorium. You can start talking to free agents, but there's then a moratorium until the league year begins on Wednesday. Can't make anything official, but you can talk over these next couple of days, Monday and Tuesday, if you are a team and you are a free agent. So there will be some business getting done in the National Football League. So do you think when the league year opens, like like is Tom Brady or Philip, like are we? Do you think we'll actually see guys signing new contracts, considering? They're probably not going to be able to travel to facilities, travel for face-to-face meetings. Do you actually expect like a wave of stuff to happen, or is it one of those deals where you kind of know where you want to go? You don't need to see you don't need to see where the practice facility mm-hmm. is to decide what you want to do. You know? Yeah, I I think to to your point, I think more teams may or more guys may just be willing to stay home and negotiate from there. And, yeah. yeah, and I would also and and or, and to stay with their teams for the simple fact of maybe they don't get a feel of that building. Maybe they aren't being able to be wooed. I remember I remember hearing when and, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio on Fox Sports 1, TJ Hushmanzada, when he was a free agent and the Seahawks brought him in on a seaplane so you land uh, in the lake, and you pull up, and you're no, at the Seahawks cool. facilities, which is on a lake. So, like, that's a way that you could wow him. Now, if you're someone who is interested, in maybe signing with the Seahawks, or the Seahawks are signing interested in signing that player, they're not going to get that experience of being able to to fly sure. in. And in in there, I'm sure there are other bells and whistles that the 31 other teams would do, but that's what you would be missing out on. And I would, I would. I would just think because of things like that, it's some guys just may be like, all right, I'm just going to stay. I'm going to stay where I'm at just because I don't have all of the information or maybe it just doesn't feel right. I do think that that is a legitimate a legitimate reason why we may not see as many guys switching teams. Well, and I think it's really interesting because there is a parallel to the sport that I know the best, which is college basketball, which is I think there's a pretty good chance that the quote unquote coaching carousel is pretty pretty tame this year because of the fact that even if you wanted to fire a guy uh how are you going to get places to interview people to interview the next head coach how are you you know um you know if if your staff isn't on campus as in terms of an administration how are you going to get them together to even decide what direction you want to go and so because of it there's a lot of conversation that it's going to be a very slow coaching carousel that many guys that were maybe on the cut line are going to be able to keep their jobs just cuz there's so much uncertainty here over the next couple months i think that there's uncertainty of the sports that we've seen sure. shut down now the nfl doesn't have any games but i took i took 7 7 leagues where games aren't being played because of the coronavirus outbreak or matches aren't being played. And I tried to look at different aspects. And listen, I didn't do I didn't do all of the collegiate sports. The only collegiate sport that I put in was college basketball for the losing of March Madness. But this is this is what I put together. So I had college basketball. This is not in order and I'll tell you the order. I had the NBA, the NHL, 
Major League Baseball, the XFL, NASCAR, and golf alongside college hoops. I put those seven where we've had events canceled because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And the the one league that I think is the most as as the will have the most damage done to it because of this is the XFL. I just do not see how that league the the whole thing is about building momentum. And week one is great. Week one is is awesome and it's new and it happened last year with the Alliance and it happened this year with the XFL. But we had seen numbers dropping over the last three or four weeks of of ratings. And the newness of it and the desire for as much as we love football, I just don't know. I think that they unfortunately missed an opportunity because of this or are going to be missing out on an opportunity to maybe lock in the fans that would want to see it return. Without a playoff system, without a championship, we don't know any of that. We don't know if Cardell Jones would have won it for the DC Defenders. Does he become a you know a, a a face of the of the league and then returns for another season? All of that is unknown, and you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And that's why of everything that was canceled, I think that the XFL is the one that is going to be the most severely damaged. Because let's be honest. There were also one on the shakiest of footings because we hadn't seen a league like that succeed. It's a great point. I was going to say college basketball number one because it is not going to have a champion and then XFL two, but I actually agree with you. And I actually do think college basketball, listen, next year it's going to cut, the tournament's going to come. We're going to watch the tournament. I saw, you know, we saw how excited people were for the Mountain West Championship and all the championships that were going on last weekend. College basketball will come back and be okay, even if it hurts in real time. The XFL, you're right. I actually think now that I now that you talked it out, I agree with you. And what I would say is this: is I was kind of thinking they were the one league that I actually thought might continue on as is. Now I know this is different than the previous iteration of the XFL. This isn't uh, WWE. This is a legitimate enterprise. I get all that, but we have um, basically players and coaches fighting for relevancy. And I think that, you know, when you put it up to players in the NBA, do you want to play? Not that it was, but obviously NBA players are going to be like, let's let's pump the brakes on the season. Let's let's get our, our hands around this. Whereas football players, one, by nature, they put their bodies and their, mm-hmm. their health at risk. And then two, a lot of these guys, to your point, I know most of them, if not all of them, and I could be mistaken on this, are on two-year contracts. So it's not as though they can get to the NFL for, um, you know, training camp or anything this summer. But this would have been a great showcase for them, not only to bring in fans, but for the players to potentially showcase themselves. Because of it, I thought the XFL might take a chance and risk it, but obviously they made what was probably the sound decision in not doing that. I will I will say this about college basketball, because I think that's the one that hurt the most right now. As you said, we both if if it was a if it was supposed to be the regular weekend, we would be talking about the number one seeds or the teams that didn't make the bracket. That's what we are supposed to be doing at this time because the selection in the sixty eight team bracket would have been announced. That's what we would have been doing right now, but we're not. So the immediacy of college basketball hurts. But I put college basketball down on my list of moving forward because there will be a bracket next year, we hope. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah. I don't want to don't want to make any you know promises considering what happened this time around. But we 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 assume that there will be a bracket. There will be people filling out those brackets, and that won't change. Yep. And the regionality of sports, where 
if you're a Kentucky fan, you're a Louisville fan, you're a Michigan State fan, you're a Gonzaga fan, you know you're going to be excited about that next year mm-hmm. because of the the team coming in. And this of not playing it, it, it doesn't matter. Like North Carolina. North Carolina wasn't going to make the tournament unless they went on a crazy run to win the ACC. But, you know, Tar Heel fans would have been excited for next season. Sure. And so like, so that was the only thing that I thought of for going on and moving forward, which is what's so difficult about the XFL is just because it – it just it didn't have much. It doesn't have the the strength that these other leagues have. It's why I didn't put March Madness high on the list. The second league that I thought, I think baseball's going to have a tough time with this. Number one is we know what happened when the World Series was canceled in 1994, and it took a while for people to get back to it, and why you had the home run chase with Sosa and McGuire of fans finally coming back to baseball. Well, that was four years after. I mean, that was 1998. So it took them that long to do it. The other thing with these other leagues that baseball, I think, is hurt on is opening day is one of the biggest days that there is in baseball. It's arguably the second highest point behind postseason baseball in the World Series for that league. So your first out-of-the-gate day is being wiped off the calendar technically in in late March, moving into early April, because you don't have that. And I think that's what gets people excited. I think the weather changing, it makes them look ahead to to spring and the summer of having baseball, and baseball lost out on that. And so I think that there are going to be some people, if baseball is gone for a while, they're going to have a difficult time coming back. Well, I think baseball opening day, in theory, could be okay. I think it could even be better if – they kind of structured around, okay, the NBA announced they're definitively coming back May 1st. So we're going to do opening day April 28th. <laughs> I think, but I, I do think in the spectrum of the season, I think it's going to be hurt because, I mean, we have a very realistic scenario where, let's say, knock on wood, everything goes well, we get this thing under wraps by the middle of May, everything's good, whatever. The point being, the NBA is now going to go longer and the NFL is basically probably going to start at the same time if everything goes well. That Where's that window where we only – not that guys like you and I spend th- three hours on a Sunday or a Saturday talking baseball, but there is a window where it's like, okay, this is kind of the only thing going on and you know something crazy will happen and we'll talk about it a little bit, where now it's going to be like we might get LeBron versus Giannis on July 4th and we might get training camps opening on July 28th. That ain't all that much time for baseball, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's I the overshadowing. I I put the NBA third just for the momentum. I actually don't think like golf and NASCAR. I think they're going to be fine. Golf is if Tiger's playing or not. So if, so sure. if Tiger's playing, they're going to be fine. It's a question on what happens with the majors, what happens with the Masters, when it's going to be rescheduled, if it's going to be rescheduled. Basketball, I think, lost a lot of momentum, and that's why I guess gave them the bronze in this. With the I I mean LeBron. And the Lakers against Kawhi and the Clippers was something that we had talked about for how many days over these past few weeks, right? I mean, that's that's what we had built up, you know, had been building up towards and getting to the playoffs. And I think some of that momentum. I don't think NASCAR and golf, as I mentioned, are going to be hurt as much. NHL, it ramps up when the playoffs. So if the regular season were to end, I still think fan bases would would you know get behind the teams that made it. So I don't think they're going to be hurt as as much. The only question that I have about baseball and and why I put them up so high and the, one of the reasons why I kind of wavered on it was I wonder if a if a truncated schedule will help them. Sure. You know like if well, if you only have to play 100 games, 
is that going to make it more exciting than each game? And that I don't know about, but I do know that them missing opening day is a game that so many people love, and that not having that or not having baseball around for a while could make people leave the game just like they did in 1994. Well, and it's so interesting because we've talked for years that base, not you necessarily or me necessarily, but just as a sports public in general, that we need to um, limit the schedule, go from 162 to 148 or 150 or 140 or whatever that number is. Baseball is, of course, so stubborn, kind of stuck in their ways. Maybe this will be the thing, if it works out well, that convinces them, okay, a 148-game schedule actually does work, or whatever, 140-game schedule, whatever that number is. Like, hey, maybe we really don't need 162 of these things. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe we don't need, like, one off day a month for nine straight months. So. <laughs> hey, they have given them a few more, but to your point, yeah, it's right. It, uh, baseball, I think, could go either way, but I added up high on my list of, man, because opening day is fun. And you have, like, two weeks of opening days because you have an opening day and you have home openers. Sure. Which go for, for a week and a half so every team can go home. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get Aaron on Twitter. At Aaron underscore Torres, I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. Some people on Twitter not understanding uh, the rules of easy as one, two, three, four. Putting the blame on me, Aaron Torres, for not being able to explain the rules correctly. I mean, that's hey, that's you, that's the that's the genius of easy as one, two, three, four. There's curves here, there, and everywhere. Well, you explained all two rules really well at the beginning, and then you added seven once we started the game. I think that's, that's where most of America. That's got why Aaron's win is going to have an asterisk by Whoa, it. Whoa, yes, I'm like it, the Dodger it, or the Astros. It also that, took him six minutes to get the last answer because we did it during what, a break. What is that noise? Oh, that's Sam banging the answers in the back. It's a, it's, <laughs> that's my trash can right there. Uh, He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Ryan Tannehill will remain a Titan. Will Tom Brady remain a Patriot or go elsewhere? We answer that question next year on Fox Sports Sunday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday, he's Aaron Torres, I'm Dan Beyer. Glad to have you with us as the NFL will continue. CBA agreed upon, and in fact, there are reports is saying the NFL Players Association, basically this is, I think Tom Pelissero tweeted this out, Aaron, that the NFL said, or the NFLPA said, basically, if there's going to be a work stoppage, or if there's going to be, I mean, excuse me, if there's going to be a stoppage in what we do like other sports, this could get worse before it gets any better. So they're like, let's just do a lot of this stuff remotely that we can do right now and do what they can. And if they need to end up shutting stuff down later, they will. But that's why they're going to go business as usual. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It makes sense. That was from uh, that was from Adam Schefter. I want to give the correct insider the proper credit. Just like when Adam Kaplan says something amazing, we want to make sure that he gets the credit. Our Fox Sports Radio insider. You can also hear him on Inside the Birds podcast and on Sirius XM NFL. Adam Kaplan joins us again here on Fox Sports Sunday. Hey, Adam, how are you? Guys, good to talk to you tonight. Let's uh, all right. Let's let's dive into this of just what I was talking about. Is that your assumption of why the NFL, or is your uh, knowledge of why the NFL is is keeping on keeping on because uh, they can at this point? What is the reasonings behind the NFL league year continuing? Yeah. So he, here's the deal: if you the longer you wait, first of all, we don't know. Uh, it, it, you know, as a country, well, whether we'll have a shutdown on domestic flights in a week. So which would as one GM told me this morning, he goes, other than using our owner's plane, we, we would have no way to get these players in for a physical. These deals cannot get done that are going to get done starting Wednesday, or well, officially. They're going, to get, they're going to get hammered out on Monday and Tuesday. They, they cannot be officially done until the player takes a physical. And the worst thing you can do is think you have a deal done, and the guy comes into your building, and your doctor doesn't like the guy's knee, and then it flunks him. So you don't want that happening. Uh, you, you, you want to be able to get him in there with your own doctor. Um, I, some agents told me maybe there's a different way. Maybe they could just send the scans and have another doctor do it. And I said, I don't think teams are going to go for that uh, based on the people I've spoken with. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree that it, it, based on the way he's explaining to me today, you, you got to get these, you got to at least try to knock this out earlier in the week as possible. But here's the other thing almost every NFL building is closed, everybody's working remotely except for very few people. Team employees are done, scouts aren't in, personnel people, other than the general manager and the cap people, the contract people are really not in the building. They're working remotely, which is not a big deal. Agents and, and you know, clubs do this over the phone anyway, for almost for the most part. But there, there's, some, there's some hoops to, to get through. But the problem is if you, the longer you wait, 
you have no idea what's going to happen with what's going on in our country right now. So the earlier they do this, the better. So when it comes to a free agent, and obviously, look, Tom Brady's the the most high profile, but there's a lot of guys that are going to be shifting gears. So how do, how will this process look relative to how it normally looks? Obviously, a lot of it's going to be done remotely, but but just to take us through that. Yeah, so with the physicals, that that's what could hold up some of these deals because you cannot officially get a – you basically could have the parameters of a deal. You, I'm, I'm sitting on three or four deals that I think are going to get done. The deal will not be official until probably Wednesday night or Thursday until they could get the player in there. The only question is how you're going to get the player into your building. That that that, that certainly could hold stuff up. Um, but everything is status quo. Look, it, Monday and Tuesday, as of right now, by the way, as of right now, things could always change. Monday and Tuesday is what we call the open negotiating or legal tampering period. So now there are no restrictions. You could do everything you want other than technically agree to a deal. But you have the parameters in place, and then Wednesday it's done. But, folks, let's, let's be honest about it. A lot of these deals, teams were talking and, and getting these d- deals done at the Combine a couple weeks ago. But everything much is... Everything else is pretty much the same. The only thing is it's going to be weird when these players enter these buildings where they don't see anyone else other than about four or five people. It's just going to be very strange. Unless, of course, something changes over the next week or two. Um, then the second-tier guys, here, you know, look, those guys are going to have to wait like they always do. That's, you know, nothing has really changed there. And then what you're also going to see, by the way, you're going to see a lot of trades get done. Uh, we have the, the Ravens and Clayus Campbell, the Jaguars. That deal will be official on Wednesday. Uh, that that deal, you know, the, the way these things usually get done is they talk at the combine and they get these d- deals done closer to free agency. But overall, to answer your question, nothing structurally has changed because they're sticking with the original dates. And by the way, the other thing is the franchise tags, as you know, got moved to Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Well, that's exactly when the legal tampering period starts. It's kind of odd. We've never had that happen before. That absolutely is a change. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer here with you on Fox Sports Sunday. So how does that affect uh, Dak Prescott? I mean, is that the Cowboys waiting up until the absolute last minute to place a tag on on Dak, or or what are we going to get in Dallas? Yeah, well, Dan, here's the deal with that situation. Remember now, because we've got the CBA that was just got done earlier today, teams went from having the ability to tag two players to now one. Two players they want back, absolutely. Obviously, Dak's going nowhere. He'll get the franchise tag by 12 p.m. Eastern tomorrow uh, if they don't get a deal done. And they want Amari Cooper back. They give up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper a couple years ago, and they want him back. That deal, if it gets done, could be in the 18 to $20 million range. Uh, so one way or the other, they're going to keep Prescott. They'd love to find a way. It's really funny how these, these deadlines change everything. I remember when they got Des Bryant's last deal done in 2015, it actually went up, if you remember, to July 15th. It actually went up within, within literally 10 minutes before the deadline to extend his deal off the franchise tag. The Cowboys are the one team, folks, that they always wait to the last minute, and it generally costs them more money they'd like to pay. So keep an eye on that tomorrow. I wouldn't give up on Prescott getting a deal. Uh, something would have to happen dramatically. But, again, they, they're keeping Prescott, and they really want to keep Amari Cooper. For, for, the, as, excuse me, for the casual fan, um, in the NBA, we hear all the time about kind of the quote unquote wooing process in the free agent, you know, process, right? Like videos and this and that, and they show your jersey. 
Is that a big deal in the NFL? Because obviously, look, you know, again, whoever it is isn't going to have the opportunity to fly to all these cities and meet face-to-face with people. Will that stuff matter? Does the wooing process matter in the NFL free agency? Okay, two things, Aaron. I'm glad you asked this question. I'm not at liberty to tell you the teams, but I'm going to give you something really cool. So at the Combine, I would say at least three or four teams had video presentations to agents of the players. You know, they, they didn't really talk money, but they have – they, they they show a video to agents when they come in the room. Hey, this is what we think of your player. This is what we can do for him. They could they, you know they, they they do a video presentation. As far as visits, when I first started covering the league 21 years ago, it seemed like every player visited. Now, the big deals get done over the phone. Those players don't visit. The mid to lower level free agents they may visit. Very few of the big players visit. Now, they'll do that if they. Fi- if the player feels like he wants to get used to sit down with the coaches, then the guy will visit before he gets the deal done. But almost always, the big deals get done over the phone, uh, either through a conference call. And, by, and some teams use Skype just to, to talk back and forth so they could see the person. So it's, uh, it, things have really changed with technology here, by the way. Ryan Tannehill gets his deal done today. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. Four years, $118 million, uh, 29 and a half on average uh, fully guaranteed $62 million. What numbers? Uh, what number of those stand out most to you, Adam? Okay, this is a real deal. The, the, the structure is incredibly favorable to the player. Um, he's going to get the $62 million, and then here's what's going to happen. Um, the, it's really odd. The second, like in, in 2021, if he's on the Titans roster on the fifth day of free agency, which will be somewhere in mid-March in 2021, his third-year salary uh, is, becomes fully guaranteed. So here's the deal. They can't walk after one year because it's, it's $37 million, or $37.5 million yeah. he's going to make in year one. The structure, it's kind of like Nick Foles' contract. The Jaguars are stuck with, with Nick Foles in, in, in year two. I mean, no one's going to take that contract. Now, look, the, the Titans are betting that what they saw from Ryan Tannehill is who he's going to be in the future. Uh, no, no question about it. He fit what they wanted. I mean, it's amazing. He made seven million dollars last year. Now, th- th- in the first two years, he's going to make over sixty million. It's really a remarkable contract. Uh, now, by the way, getting this deal done gives them ability uh, to tag Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's not going anywhere. They, they, he's the foundation of their offense, uh, and this is why they, they. You could say they overpay for Tannehill. I, you know, we could say that, but they made sure they got that done. So, so now because they only have one tag. That changed everything. Guys, if they had two tags, I don't know if this Tannehill deal gets done. Uh, it would have been as big because they would have had a little bit more leverage. With only one tag, there's only so much you could do. You can't let these guys walk, and they didn't. So essentially, in less than 12 months, his third year is going to be guaranteed, right? Correct. It's an unbelievable structure, yeah. Dan. Exactly. You said it very, very well. It's, uh, it's really remarkable, the kind of structure he got. It, it's um, teams that, They're called advanced guarantees. Teams don't like doing these, but... I think uh, I think the, the other side had a little bit of leverage here, and they used it. Tighten up and loosen up the wallets in Nashville <laughs> is the message. He's Adam Kaplan. Find him on Twitter, at KaplanNFL, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Uh, we should have some deals to talk about. Oh, and uh, is is now Tom Brady definitely going back to New England? Uh, or is, How about that one? Yeah. Chris, Chris Sims now, a reporter who works for NBC Sports. Yeah, it's... Um, Here's the deal. It, the, the Bucks absolutely positively love Tom Brady. They'd love to have him. What I don't know is if Brady wants to go there. As I think I mentioned on your show coming out of the combine, the one thing I did hear is members of the front office under 
Bill Belichick, very confident they're getting Brady back. How they know this, and I got this from people who spoke to these guys in the Patriots front office, I'm not sure how they know this, whether they thought Brady didn't have the market that he thought he had, uh, but the fact of the matter is, I would say, right, unless there's a surprise team, uh, I remember when I was at ESPN, we were shocked when Brock Osweiler went to the Texans. None of us got the, it just happened, literally at the start of free agency, none of us knew about it. You never know whether some other surprise team come, comes in at the last minute, but the fact of the matter is, for Brady right now, it looks like New England or Bucks save a surprise team. Bucks. Oh, there he is. Again, get him on Twitter, Adam Kaplan. That's at Kaplan NFL. Appreciate it, Alan. Adam, we'll talk to you next week. You got it, guys. Thanks. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Let's check in with David Gascon and what's happening on a busy uh, NFL day as we touched on with Adam there. Hello, Dave. Would you guys feel, I guess, a little dirty seeing Brady in Tampa Bay rocking that Bucks uniform? I, I, I think it's tough to get used to, and that's why I think so many of us like myself just couldn't see him going somewhere else because you can't picture him in another uniform now personal question since you're a huge uniform uh oh, jersey yes. kind of guy what if he went creamsicle different story <laughs> <laughs> and, and uniwatch Uni has revealed yes. that the buccaneers uniforms will be very similar to their super bowl championship he, he, season gosh, uniforms which is so disappointing what if he just goes full Deion sanders or bo jackson just goes from tampa bay in the creamsicle and then down here to san diego and wears the brown with the padres <laughs> my that could be pretty awesome my question for dan is there any quarterback that you wouldn't approve of in the bucks creamsicle because no, yeah it's yeah, true Winston. Yeah, as long as you're <laughs> hey i'll tell you what we don't penalize in our fantasy league for interceptions oh, nearly as much as we should so Jameis Winston was fine. He would his yeah, his like four pick game would wipe out a touchdown. Oh. But if you were in a minus two interception league, I can understand why he doesn't have value. Yeah. But he had value. He had value on my team. Yeah. My, my three and eleven team. My league had has a minus three for INTs. But by the way, you think that talking about fantasy football leagues is bad radio? Wait till eight weeks from now. You know, that's, that's all it's going to be. All right, Dave, oh, what do you got? A couple of things. Ryan Tannehill, as you guys have talked about, four-year extension with Tennessee. Jaguars have traded away Calais Campbell to the Baltimore Ravens for a fifth-round pick. Uh, Devin McCourty announced just a few moments ago that he's re-signing with the New England Patriots. He had five interceptions in last season. Players have voted to approve the new CBA that'll give way to a 17-game regular season starting in 2021 that also acts as one preseason game as well. Major League Baseball, a couple of items here. Uh, New York Yankees had a minor league player test positive for the coronavirus on, on Friday morning. Uh, he had a running fever. He was the only one on the minor league side of things in the Tampa facility in Florida. Meanwhile, though, Kansas City Royals are sending minor leaguers home for at least four to six weeks. The nice thing is the club is actually covering flights, gas money for players, and and all that involved. So doing the right thing with uh, with everything going on because minor leaguers don't get a lot of money unless they get those large, large signing bonuses, which most of them don't do anymore. Sure, sure. Uh, Dan, Aaron, back to you guys. Appreciate it, David. It's Fox Sports Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio. He is Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. One of the, the news uh, notes to pass along wasn't huge news, but it was something that was speculated over the last 48 to 72 hours. But Dan Gavin of the NCAA coming out and saying today that there will not be a release of the 68-team bracket of what could have been, 
There was still a lot to play out over those four days, but they aren't going to release a 68-team bracket. Yeah, I don't really understand. I was actually reading the press count or the press release for it, and I won't bore people with too many details, but he basically said, we like to put together the fair and most balanced bracket we can. Well, no, you don't, because you take geographic, you know, uh, teams are based uh, largely put where they can go closest to their home, so you're really not putting together the most balanced bracket. I would have liked to see them put together a bracket solely. I think it would provide nice closure for players and coaches. Fans like Dayton and San Diego State can say, hey, we were a number one seed. We were a number two seed. It gives you closure. It allows you to end the season the way it ended, it just left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. We understand why it happened. I would have liked to see them release a bracket. What I think they could have done, because I do think that the committee has not shown an importance of the conference tournaments Great in their point. selections you said that the other day, yeah. over the last couple of days, I think you could have released the one seeds. Yeah. Just that. The, the issue that I think the NCAA, this is just purely speculation, but it kind of goes to a point you made earlier in the show of – because of all this going on, there may not be as much coaching movement in college basketball. But if you were to say, I'll just take the team down the street here just because they were on the bubble. If you said, you know what, UCLA, you didn't make the, the NCAA tournament. Sure. Now all of a sudden you're like, Mick Cronin didn't take his team to the tournament in his first year. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't have. So if you are a coach that was sitting on the bubble and you were left out of that bubble without knowing yeah. if another, like if if someone in the Metro Atlantic, you know, took a bid, or that's maybe not a, a good yeah, example, yeah. but but you wouldn't have the exact number. And now you're saying to a coach or a team who may want to re up with a school or have some sort of provision in his contract for a bonus, yeah, say like, oh, you didn't make it. Well, sorry, that I think is maybe why the NCAA didn't want to go down that road. Because if you do have a bonus, the $25,000 bonus for making the tournament or not, you didn't get a chance to play out the bracket, I'd be pretty mad if I was a coach being like, well, we were left out, now I don't get my bonus because we didn't have a chance. I think there's just a lot of of different things to navigate, if you would. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it is going to hurt some coaches in the future of, you know, say – the NC State coach, Kevin Keats, right? Like, made the tournament his first year, didn't make it last year, may have made it this year. And, like, when he goes to the negotiating table, it's going to be hard for him to say, even though they were in position to make the tournament, you didn't make it. And so I, I do get it from that point, and it is a great point because we don't know how it would have gone. And it is unfair to those teams on the bubble that maybe would have played themselves in that weren't in as is. I guess when you put it that way, it does make sense. The other issue, too, is like everything else was simply logistical. I mean, most of the, the guys and girls that are on the selection committee are athletic directors, are school presidents, things like that. They got bigger issues to worry sure. about. That, first of all, they can't all travel to be together. Now we got to get them all Skyped in in one conference, um, uh, you know, one c- kind of, uh, you know, cyber conference, whatever. Um, and now we're putting together a fake bracket while they have real schools to run and athletic departments and kids are stranded. From that perspective, it makes sense. Do you think we're going to see seniors in winter sports get another year of eligibility? I don't. and it's, I don't think so either. Yeah, and it's one that I've kind of come full circle on. When it was first floated late Thursday, early Friday, I was 100% gung-ho. But what I was telling Arnie Spanier last night is, while it's unfair, one, life is unfair. Um, but two, even if you were to get your seniors back, it doesn't mean you can replicate what you had this year. And so, say a Seton Hall were in theory to get Miles Powell, for people who don't know, was a first-team All-American this year. He is a senior. He probably won't come back even if he gets eligibility. 
But even if you get him back, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be the Big East champion and he's going to be an All-American. You can't replicate what happened this year. And so from that perspective, I think while it was a cool idea in theory in the moment, uh, I think it's going to have trouble passing through. There are seniors whose season is done. Because they aren't going, their team lost in the conference tournament. Point, they yeah. aren't going to. So it's just the teams that were alive that were in the tournament. And when you take the, all of college basketball, there's a heck of a lot more basketball seasons that were complete than maybe the ones that still had play. I mean, if you have 350 schools and how many leagues are still playing the Thursday through the rest of the Sunday, you have a lot of schools whose season is is probably already over with. So I, I just think it'd be very difficult. Spring sports. And as Scott Drew said earlier, different story, just difficult to do it with winter sports, especially when so much was played. Well, and there's also, don't forget, there's fifth-year seniors, there's guys that are graduating in their third year. Do you allow a fifth year to come back for a sixth year now? So it it is kind of a gray area. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So there will be no bracket to be filled out this year, but Aaron and I filled out a bracket from Uh some (laughs) 25-plus years ago. How did we fare? The results next on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. If you've ever missed the show, you can listen to FoxSportsRadio.com. Click on podcast and then find Fox Sports Radio Weekend. So the task that we set forth earlier on in the show was to try to fill out the bracket from the 1994 NCAA tournament. And Aaron and I... And others here at Fox Sports Radio behind the scenes also filled out a bracket. But just for time constraints, we're going to go to Gavin Kinzel, our executive producer, who is going to reveal the results of how we fared in the 63 games in the brackets. Gavin, what did you find out when we filled out the 1994 NCAA tournament? Okay, and of course this one was uh, final between Arkansas and Duke, with Arkansas coming out on top. You both had that correct. Uh, Dan, you only had eight games incorrect mm. in the entire field, which was a very impressive okay. showing. But Aaron Torres is the college basketball guy. We look over to his. He had a terrific uh, Elite Eight, but actually had 18 incorrect. See? So Dan Beyer, the but, elder statesman. And that that helps yeah. it, the age factor because well, of where I am when I grew up really was beneficial to me because that's that's right in the wheelhouse of my college basketball watching. It was when I was in high school, so I was all in. So there were matchups that I saw on the bracket. Heck, I went to one of the regions, so I knew the team. So that was there was going to be an advantage that I had. But to think that the games are already played and you still can't get a perfect bracket tells you how impossible it is in a real bracket. Well, and what I was going to say was we're about to enter the legal tampering period, according to Adam Kaplan in the NFL. If I had a better bracket than you in a tournament from when I was like nine years old, <laughs> probably we would have been in a legal tam- in an in illegal tampering uh, moment here at Fox Sports Radio. Interesting enough, you both had uh, UMass going to the Elite Eight. It was Michigan that ended up there. Oh, oh. that's right. U- UMass actually lost to Maryland the round before in the Sweet 16. And Golly, you, you how know, could we forget that? I, yeah. And now that you say that, I remember because as I, as I said, I was flying, I was going to be flying back on a flight and I got sick in Knoxville, Tennessee <laughs> when Purdue and Duke were going to be playing in the regional final 
And I remember listening on the plane. You could plug in and you could get radio feeds. And Juwan Howard and Michigan were playing in that regional final. It was in Dallas, I believe, is when where that regional was played. I, th- I think that's when it was played, but that's when uh, or Juwan Howard, I believe, was a member so of that team. So you flew to the regional? We flew to Knoxville, Tennessee. That's so cool. Yeah. Your parents just love college basketball like that. No, well, I did. My mom, my mom and I went, and yeah, we flew. It was a thing that we did as in high school. Buddies of mine, we would go on buddies trips to first and second round tournaments. And that year, there wasn't anything close in the state of Wisconsin. But my mom surprised me and got me tickets to Knoxville. First time I was ever on a plane. So we flew oh. from central Wisconsin to O'Hare and then O'Hare to Knoxville and saw zero seconds of basketball because oh. I was in a hotel sick. So to recap our revisionist history NCAA tournament bracket from 1994, Dan Beyer is your how did, champion. How did we do in the Elite Eight? So that was the, so we missed the Michigan. Yeah, in, so in Dan, you had every other one correct in there. And that was a BC Florida r- regional final where Boston College knocked off That's right. North Carolina. to the final four. No, because UConn lost to Florida. There's a great story about Jim Calhoun and a young reporter named Adrian Wojnarowski getting into it that week that I'll save for the next time I'm okay. filling in here. But I knew UConn lost to Florida, but I forgot that Florida ended up in the Final Four. Yeah, Aaron, you actually had Indiana making it all the way to the Final mm. Four. That was that was that was yeah. Andrew DeClerc and Demet Hook. Dimitri oh. Hill was yeah. a member of the Florida Gators. And Lon Kruger. Lon Kruger. Yeah, I was going to say, still going strong all these yeah, years later. That was the that was the breakthrough, and that Arkansas team was uh, was something else. You heard you heard a bit of. We are the champions. Congratulations. And uh, Bobo, I want to strike it up again because today was a big day. What have we seen over on Twitter over the last 24, 48 hours, Aaron? A lot of sadness. A lot of sadness. It's sad seeing people stock up on wipes and toilet paper and paper towels where their cart is overflowing. We've seen extreme lines in Costco for people to get in. But I do have to say today, for the first time, I was able to secure two boxes of tissues for my wife. My sick wife. There it is. I never felt better (laughs) when I went and saw the entire row at the pharmacy empty and then went to another part of the store and just came upon about 10 boxes of tissue paper. That's it. That's all they had of facial tissues, 10 boxes. What's the appropriate number that I could have taken from the 10 that you would have been good with? First of all, talk about one shining moment. Uh, Yeah, right? Second of all, my policy is very simply this, is if you need it and they're going to let you take it, take it. Because I had some woman chirping at me during my show with Arnie Spanier yesterday that I spent too much on groceries this week. And I said, don't blame me. Blame the store for letting me buy it. So if you needed all 10, you should have taken all 10. I took (laughs) Bobo, Gavin... I took two. Yes, I did not take all ten. I took two. I felt that that was appropriate. That is a pr- that was what was in so, my mind when you asked that. So question. there's not going to be a fighting video of you fighting for <laughs> paper in the stores. I, then? I've oh. always I've always said if I ever got into a fight, I would definitely lose. Like I would lose any fight to anyone, and it wasn't going to be over crappy facial tissue. It's been fun. We'll do Thank it again you. soon. Peace. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.